Can you make it in four minutes? Yes. Off you go, then. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Do I feel like there's a good Crystal Maze music that should be playing now? I should be out here shouting, like, get the kettle, get the kettle, put the water in it, put the water in it, put the water in it, put the water, where's the cup, where's the cup, where's the cup? Oh shit, that is the thing. You have one, two lives left. So just so go and leave the kitchen, you shut the door. That's a lock in, I'm afraid Scars will not be joining us for the rest of the day. Good evening, everybody. I'm the Suffolk Graham. Oh, <laughs> Welcome to Roundhead episode 74. Is it 74? Yes. Oh. 75. We're going to, you know what happens in a, in 26 episodes time? Mm. Plane tickets. Oh, yeah. But we, wait, are we go? I can't remember, did, but we decided we're going to... North Korea. Or to the embassy. That was going to be episode 50, but we missed that one. Really? Yeah. Looks we had, didn't we have all, uh, didn't we have Big Kim on 50? Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah I, was gonna say, I thought we were going to. I thought we decided we were going to go to the embassy before and he yes, came to us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so yeah, episode 100. I'm sure we'll um, we'll lose some more subscribers. <laughs> and um, what I'm trying to do, you see, is I'm hoping if I talk about enough, eventually Donald Trump will mention us in a tweet, and then we'll gain loads of followers, subscribers. <laughs> Good plan, but I'm not sure how I feel for that. Yeah, the but, Don starts messaging like the Don starts tweeting about yeah so. but we can be rude about it so he'll say something nasty about us or his fan base will hate us but then all people who don't like him will subscribe to us it does mean we'll probably get death threats but that's okay because I've when only I've, we used to get those when Bart was about <laughs> yeah but it's okay because I've, I've now anything's got your address on it so it's fine fuck well mm. that's fine I guess I'm fine with that yeah cool cool so send your death threats to Skaz. Yeah, well, most of us, yeah, most of us know where he lives. Here, in the cupboard. Someone at work asked me the cream lift the other day. In the house. <laughs> I should have said that. Sure, <laughs> yeah. I said she lives in a council estate. <laughs> she probably does. To be hey, fair. Hey, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's owned by the government anyway. Our house. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, she's, yeah, she's in a little house in the council estate. Clutching her gyro. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She goes to the job centre once a week to get her benefits. Shouting at children. She's being investigated. She's being investigated. She seems to have lots of these holidays every yeah, year. Yeah, being investigated yeah. for fraud. Yeah, for fraud. Yeah, lots of holidays every single year. <laughs> And yet somehow, never says us to do any work. Yeah, her grandchildren are just as bad. Yeah. And this one just pushing out more and more children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you have heard there's rumours that she might have been involved with the death of, a death of the son of a local shopkeeper. God damn it. I know. I know. It's very what is this country coming to? Eh? Well, you see... Sounds when we're not in charge. No. Ban the Queen. That's anyway, that's probably a good thing we're not in charge. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. How quickly would we be able to create a rebellion in the UK? Yeah. We're banning tea and the Queen. I'm not too sure if we could get. A, I know that tea would definitely cause a problem. Queen, we could probably sway that either way. But mm. tea. Uh, uh, yeah. no. Is that what you like tea? No, no. I, I can't drink the stuff anymore. But uh, you know. Hey, you can't tell the British people they can't drink tea. That's not, most of them are like the Queen. Banning tea, bulldogs, mm-hmm. um, cooing, biscuits, biscuits. Yeah, biscuits. Um, chicken tikka masala. Huh. Um, what else can we ban? It's British. What whinging? Yeah. Well, God, if I banned whinging, well, we'd have to show. 
but yeah, we'd soon get rid of those brave. Yeah, we'd have pretty much piss off the entire country. There's got to be something else we can do. Something that's, that just defines being British that we can ban. That doesn't find any of those characters. Yeah, what could we do? There's no one watching at the moment who can help us with this threat. What oh, thing damn. can we brand for the, that will piss all the British people off? Just automatically piss I mean, off. it can't be that hard. Under one, under one banner, how could we aggro everyone? But oh. why can't we think of it? I know. I know. Pass for not British. Pass is so obvious that we don't think about because we take it for granted day to day to day to day. Yeah, Talking about weather? We already know that the sun's a myth in this country. It is a myth. Yeah. I think whenever North... I noticed last year whenever North Korea had nuclear tests it seemed to get bright. So <laughs> what just, is that? Are you saying that, that big glowy ball thing is a nuclear two missile, yeah. Case. They're just testing their missiles for us and that's all. Like, oh, okay. <sighs> that's why we're not too concerned about North Korea, see? Because it's like, well, we want, we want a summer next year. Yeah, <laughs> we get our official sun. <laughs> yeah. Like, cheers, North Korea. Thanks, Kim. <laughs> Thanks, Kim. Give us our sun. Well, think about the bridge thing and if you are watching this, write in to... We haven't got an email... Um, at randers.com we used to have an email didn't we? Wait, I need to get a set back up again wind up the British at randers.com yeah I thought we haven't got an email at randers.com yeah just over there and we haven't got an email if you don't set that up by the next podcast I'm going to be really sad Ooh. I want that to be an email and then I want to send an email to it just to see oh I just set up for you and I've more forwarded to you <laughs> just set an auto forward to ping it back yeah I'll get it to forward to every other email address and get all those and just to forward it to every other email address. And basically, we'll just get we'll just get an infinite recursive loop of emails being forwarded to and, and then all of a sudden, the server will crash because we never designed it to handle yeah. actual traffic. Um, yeah, so um, <laughs> just just the, this reference. Um, for some reason, your emails got in the last ten minutes said 30, 30 million emails gone through. Has it now? Well, that's oh. to be expected. Look who you're talking to. Yeah. Cool. Right, so anyway, um, so games we've been playing. Yes, games. And you look at me like I've actually been playing some. I've got video evidence of you playing something. <laughs> they can't see that, so we could try and play this off as if, ah, <laughs> you're lying. No, I have actually been playing games, and I've been trying to stream them. Out of question, not that the, uh, the, 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 the video listeners and the audio viewers can see or hear this. How does that look to you for 720p 60fps? Well, that one over there. Yeah. I mean, well, that is I, a VOD, so it isn't as sharp as it was when I first did it, but... It looks alright. It's watchable. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll, 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 I probably wouldn't get... If you'd asked me what resolution it is, I probably would have guessed 720 rather than 1080, but, yeah. you know, it's perfectly watchable. Cool. Well, because the, the main reason that it's actually on 720 is simply because of the um, bitrate restrictions. Oh, yeah. So if I'd put it onto 1080... With that amount of motion, it had just been a bit I know, so you've got to think about people watching it as well. Because yeah. not everybody might have a decent enough connection to want to watch a 1080 stream either. Yeah. Well, t- either way, it's going to be 6 megabits. So, but 1080, um, 720 at 6 megabits versus stretching that over that resolution at 6 megabits, it's going to degrade so much more. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yes, I've been playing games. Fates Extella, uh, is it the Umbral Moon? The Umbral Star, the Umbral... One second. <laughs> You're not meant to be leaving the chair with podcast. Look, the game. I have been playing it. It's um, 
Fatic Star, the Umbral Star for Nintendo Switch, published by Marvelous. Is it developed by... <laughs> what a great name. I know. Isn't it? It's just amazing. Um, I love the ca- I love the fact that this case is this big. You open up and say, oh, yeah, there's like a little <laughs> tiny... Um, <laughs> the SD card size. Pretty much. Pretty much. Because PlayStation Vita cases, I think, are a bit smaller than that as well. Um, and they you have know, at that stage, much. the case is not be that big just to try and cut down theft. Pretty much. <laughs> not as much stuff anymore, but it's just like... Massive case, tiny little car. And not, not even a fucking manual. I assumed you had the manual out. No, 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 the, the games but don't come with manuals the anymore. manuals are the best bit. I know. I love I loved that new man, that freshly printed manual spell. You go like... That, and like you used uh, to have like... Ah, ink. You used to have like, especially if it was glossy, and if it was in colour, that was like a real treat. I had a feel, I had a real thing for the matte ones, the ones that saw like, sort of rough texture, but with mm. really detailed colour, it's all that rough te- I quite like them. For sure. The feel of them, but... And you'd always have like side story and character bios and things depends, like that. Depends on the manual, but well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, none of that. None of it. All times players, the manual was the story. The story mode didn't tell you anything. You got a paragraph of text of the story in the in the game, but in time, the manual told you the actual the actual story the story of what was going on. See the joys of manuals that people just won't get these days. No, no. I mean, even when I played this game, I actually had to read the back of the box to actually try and figure out a part of the story. I was like, wait, what? This doesn't relate to the thing of this series that I do know about? What? So, Fate Extella is part of the Fate forward slash series. Uh, the Fate series started off as a visual novel back in 2004. I think, on PC, Fate Stay Night, uh, which has absolutely nothing to do with Fate Extella, or the two games that came before it. Right. So, I've seen, I own uh, Fate Stay Night, the visual novel, I have the Japanese game with an English patch, I never finished it, but then there is an anime of it, an Mm. anime adaptation of um, of the thing. There are a couple of other games, and then there are these. And the Fate Extella thing, there's three games in the series, or three games to kind of cover this arc of the story, and I think maybe only this one and the first one came out in English. Which is fine if you play this game and you're like, I have no idea what the fuck is supposed to be going on, because neither does the main character. That's good. They pulled... They pulled the amazing kind of story builder, that m- amazing plot device called Amnesia. Um, because I was absolutely clueless. I'd thought that this would have tied in directly to Fate Stay Night or have some kind of link to it. Yes, loosely. In fact, a few of the characters are in it, but they're just palette swaps for different names. Right. So, as an example... Uh, the character there with the red dress in Fate Stay Night she wears a blue dress and her name is Saber. Saber represents King Arthur in Fate Stay Night. In this, it's still Saber, but it's not King Arthur. Right. Uh, I cannot remember for the life of me who is a, a, a Roman king. Caesar. No, Nero's. Nero's a Roman emperor. Whoever. Is basically that 
looks exactly the same as the character from Fate, Fate Stay Nights. So, uh, Medusa looks exactly the same as one of the other characters from Fate Stay Nights. Um, the Archer class character that you can play as in this looks exactly like one of the characters from Fate Stay Night, but isn't the character from Fate Stay Night. Um, Lancer, again, but not from Fate Stay Night. So, it was a little bit confusing. Thankfully, the amnesia thing kicked in here, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then the main character's like, what the fuck is going on? And, great. So, what this game is, uh, Bard and I have explained Dynasty Warriors style games in the past, right? Yes. So, uh, the idea of... Thousands of enemies, really easy knockouts, and you slash, slash, slash. Yeah, pretty much. It's a, a really kind of, I wouldn't say exciting, but really crazy, over the top, um, a hack and slash series where the map is covered in cannon fodder enemies you play as a, a I don't know a significant general therefore you can just plough through them until you get to another general of reasonable stature got something that all warfare works yeah that's, that's pretty much how it works you know average Joe Farmer gets picked off really easily random rich boy over there with his actual suit of armour and actual weapon puts up a reasonable fight um, Fate Extella the Humble Star is very much like a Warriors game. Being, uh, I guess, developed and published by Marvelous, it's not going to be of the same caliber as a Warriors game. But it's good enough. Now, Marvelous have also done some of the Hyperdimension Neptunia games. Um, I think mainly Neptunia U and Blind Plus Neptune vs Zombies which actually play very much like this as a warrior style game Senran Kagura I believe is done by Marvelous also the same style of game and this and something else but basically they, they, they do kind of warriors knockoffs oh um, I spoke a while ago about Valkyrie Drive didn't I yes they did Valkyrie Drive as well um, does it play very similar to that? Yes, very much. Uh, except because this is on a Switch and not on a PlayStation Vita, far more enemies on screen. Um, music is pretty good. Graphics are pretty good considering it's on the Switch. Graphically, it's not actually that much different from, in my opinion, not that much different from the PlayStation 4 version, which is a far more powerful system. Yeah. The main difference is that you'll have more enemies on the screen on the PS4. However, if you're watching the stream in the background, there's still a significant amount of enemies on the screen. Oh, yeah, but I was watching you take out dozens and dozens at a time. Yeah. And I think you said the graphics, I think because it's sort of um, anime style, not proper, it's not quite, but similar sort of style, and it's got a sort of thing, your graphics don't have to be as good. No. Because you can't tell, it hides it well. Mm -hmm. Um, Just very cartoony (laughs) and very. uh, you could get away with PlayStation 3 style graphics on this kind of game. Yeah. I do like uh, character art, caricature artworks. So uh, when characters talk, there is an actual kind of drawn uh, version of a character on screen. Archimedes on there now. Yeah, and I like that they actually they actually I've noticed they actually it's not just one pictures as they change as yeah. well depending on what they're doing. So they actually have different uh, different kind of, yeah, which is it's neat. Yeah. Um, it's got a free mode on it, so you can just basically pick a map and, and pick a character and hack the other loving crap out of everything. It's got some neat mechanics in it, uh, in, which aren't like Dynasty Warriors, or at least not like a Dynasty Warriors game I have played in recent years. 
I haven't played Dynasty Warriors since five. I think we're now up to eight or nine. Uh, Bard played or was it seven? Bard played the most recent one. The last digital game I played would have been on the PlayStation Two, I think. That'd probably been like either two, three, or I think it was three. I liked three. Three was a good one. I don't remember much. I think I rented it for a weekend type situation. Not a bad game. Not a bad yeah. game. The thing with the Dynasty Warriors games though is that they actually have a bigger story to tell. Mm. They're kind of a, they're more dramatized history. Yeah. Uh, whereas the fake games, San and Kagura games, are really just goofy fun. Yeah. Um, this plays very much like a Dynasty Warriors game but as I said it does have some really interesting mechanics like um, uh, each area of a map is sectioned off uh, a map point is given a level with a number and for every one of the the more enemies you kill so let's say it's got a three on it there are three kind of guards uh, bigger more powerful enemies hidden on that stage they don't appear until you kill a certain amount of cannon fodder enemies on that screen yeah uh, kill those get the keys once you unlock a certain amount of keys the boss will appear you can get those throughout the entire map and uh, as you get to a certain point the boss will appear they have a uh, an invasion system so that let's say one of the enemy areas decides to target uh, one of yours and they will say right zone F is going to be attacking zone C you can either go down there and kick the shit out of the guys in zone F to stop them from launching an attack or let them attack and then go and uh, gain points for defending that area yeah so is it better to play fight them in your turf Um, in your territory or is it better to go be on the offensive go and and take them on the offensive usually um they will I wonder if it's like is it easier to defend your own territory easier to defend quicker to go and do them in though and uh, you will lose you won't lose points but if you want to get the best rank you want to take over majority of the map and the more time you spend dawdling trying to defend your own areas they will likely end up mounting extra attacks to uh, to come and take out other zones Um, so they they do like sort of two attacks at once yeah they can do like two three two or three different zones will be attacked and you're like oh crap now I have to try and prioritise and can the zones hold their own for a little bit so can you clear one zone then go back and fight another zone for a little bit though it will depend on if the zone that is launching the attack has kind of a a general in it so on the map that you're now seeing here one of the generals is Lu Bu of Dynasty Warriors fame of Romance of the Three Kingdoms fame and he gets everywhere doesn't he yeah he's a very very powerful general if he launches an attack on an area you better defend it quick or go and stop him because he's just going to take it out go to the next one go to the next one and you will lose so much ground so fast it's not even funny um, so I quite like that mechanic um, so many different special abilities the fact that you can uh, craft and um, give yourself new weapons new clothes new whatever's to change stats you can level up your character as you go so the more battles when you get to level up so it gets easier uh, you can actually hot swap your character uh, throughout the, through the middle of the fight so uh, as I'm playing here I have access to both Saber who is a, a swordsman and Archer so I can do long range combat as well just by tapping a button so if you look on the top mm. left hand of my stream screen uh, there's a, uh, like a an orange box yeah I can't I mean look at, look at this, the map it doesn't look like it lends itself very well to long range 
No, um, it, it, it doesn't. You don't really need to... Archer isn't just long range, but he has a completely different attack style to Saber. Yeah. Um, some people might prefer it. Uh, I personally prefer Saber because I can just run, I know her combos better, I know her timing better, I can just run in whale and, and be done with it. I can also heal my own units using the right hand button. I have three, if you look on my screen, I have three of three hearts. Yeah. If I'm running out of health, I can just literally tap the button. The main character who represents you is actually a support character. Right. So you are kind of the general, and the person who you control on the map is just one of your subordinates. Oh, right. So you can then choose to heal them, or depending on how you craft and assign items, those things will change. So you can swap out to other characters, you can heal other characters, you can give yourself attack buffs and, and things like that. Is it fairly strategic or is it just literally hack slash hack slash for what I've seen so far it looks mainly just hack and slash it can if you've got a bit of strategy there or if you know how they're going so like I said to you earlier about when they start to kind of launch attacks to ambush your troops if you know how to combat that there is a bit of strategy involved I haven't figured out a way to see if I can tell my troops to do that yet maybe that's something they'll teach me later on in the game um who knows if not, you could just run in and wail on things. But in this map, if you notice that it says danger in the top corner, I was very close to losing this match for like, quite a chunk. Right. Um, and this is only level two. So if you do just run around hacking and slashing and not actually meeting stage objectives like taking out the Guardians, uh, stopping attacks, uh, you will... If you just stand in the zone attacking enemies as they spawn you will lose. Um, sometimes you really do just have to push forwards and if you leave your troops to die, you're going to be screwed later on because you'll, rather than having actual generals to defend, you'll just have these little kind of midgy guys that couldn't fight the way out of a paperback. Yeah. You'll end up having the same cannon fodder enemies doing defence as what you just hacked through in a couple of seconds. But... Gameplay-wise, it's actually really, really fun. It's not as fleshed out and, and as uh, detailed as a Warriors game. The story is so ridiculous, it's not even funny. But if you're willing to accept the fact that the story is goofy as all hell, and because it's by Marvelous, it's going to have a bit of kind of Japanesey, wifey kind of, oh, look, hey, that character for some reason's flirting with that character. You're a nervous teenager. Um... It's not that bad. It's almost cringeworthy, but it's kind of funny at the same time. Yeah. If you can handle that, these aren't bad games, to be honest. And I think they're actually doing more. Like awesome. So, yeah. So they definitely look quite fun for what you seem to be having a good time. Yeah. Once you get once you got into the actual game, into the actual fighting, it's brilliant. But there is a lot of dialogue. There what's, is a lot of what's story. What's going on? Where it seems to switch from being this like actual, um, like I'd say like actual texture zone to like this sort of zone. It's all just blocks. What's going on there? Uh, that's when I'm using special attacks. So right now I'm actually powering up into my second uh, uh, special move, which I can't remember what it's called. Sort of um, Rubik's cube, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, basically I have two different special attacks I have tons of different combos that I can assign and level up as I go um, and then uh, there you go Moon Crux and Moon Drive 
is one of my specials. That just makes me ridiculously overpowered, but also changes my fighting style. So in this point, I'm not really using my sword like I was before. I'm now close combat, punching, kicking, and yeah. all that. But I am ridiculously overpowered, but it's hard to do combos. So yeah. I will just lose my combo. I could have you know, a couple thousand hit point combo. As soon as I go into the Mooncrux, I've lost it. Yeah. Um, whereas the other special moves that I use just tend to they one of them will do a shite ton of damage but not allow me to um, bring up my combos so that'd be great for taking out the the moon crux is good for taking out generals whereas if you want to take out tons and tons of enemies you use your other special because it just racks up combo points and attacks everyone on screen mm. so, I saw that earlier yeah and it's, it's hard for me to explain without you actually being able to sit down and see it yeah um there is a lot of dialogue in the game between levels. I mean, a lot of it. Um, oh, so it's earlier because we were watching. I suppose there's a cutscene earlier that it seems to go for quite. Some there's time. a there's a fair bit of um, kind of visual novel story building in between, which is the kind of goofy relationship building stuff. Like, for example, the main character for some reason has to say things. So you have to make decisions throughout the stories. Like, oh. You made a really shit decision in that last match, therefore, or in that last battle, we lost loads of people. Why do you have to be such a failure? Your character's morale goes down. If you say something nice, uh, they find themselves being cooler with you, and then you can actually power them up because you unlock ability slots or whatever. So why would you ever say something nasty? Because how they react... It doesn't actually read on screen that you're going to actually say something particularly negative but it might not necessarily be what they wanted to hear if you kind of get that little sweet spot they're like oh you really do appreciate me or oh you do actually like what I do or bring to the team bam point up so the vision of like well everybody died um but I don't want to feel down about it. yeah that that is pretty (laughs) much it you know next time perhaps not lose us the entire kingdom and not get killed just just a sort of suggestion but don't feel helpful. down don't feel down I don't want you to get depressed about it but you know I love you not let all our troops die that's it that is it I would like to see more games like this coming out by the way um, Fatic Star The Humble Star isn't just available on Switch mm. PS4 and PC cool uh, most expensive on Nintendo Switch though of course um, but I will say I do prefer the Switch version up to this point just because I can. Does it make use of the motion controls at all? Or? No. No. No, but there are going to be plenty of Dynasty Warriors-esque games coming out, and I think there's actually one that Bard would have liked, a One Piece. Um, oh, yeah, he would uh, like One Piece Pirates game uh, that's quite like this, I believe, from Koei Tecmo. Might be Koei Tecmo, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, like that. There are quite a few Warriors-style games out on the fucking Switch. I will be playing another one in, I think, a week's time, because Fire Emblem Warriors comes out, which is done by the same people who do Dynasty Warriors. So we'll see how that plays out versus this. Mm. Um, awkward for me to explain this game, to be honest. It's All you can really say is it's Dynasty Warriors with a twist. Yeah. Um, don't play it. If you've watched Fate Stay Night, or you've played Fate Stay Night, or read any of the other Fate stuff, don't come into this expecting them to be the same characters. They look the same, they're not the same. Just a word of warning. But, if you like the Fate series, and you like Warriors games, definitely try this one. Don't be afraid to play this game if you haven't. 
checked out any of the fate stuff literally because your main character has amnesia and no one knows who the fuck these people are anyway well there you go <laughs> right um, so I've been for a slightly bizarre reason I've been playing Borderlands 2 slightly bizarre reason well <laughs> I've got some new glasses this week Right. There, there is a link to this and I was walking down to the <laughs> right and I was walking down to the shop to buy just let me say I've got some slippers which is I why think... I'm fatal whatever it is yeah. um, so I bought some new glasses and I went down I was walking down to the shop to buy new glasses and I thought wouldn't I blast buy a pair of glasses why don't we imagine you going to like the local corner shop to buy glasses it was like that there's, there's, an, there's an old local chap in um, near the of Ocean he does glasses he does a very reasonable price and I went down there and I was, I was saying I think last time I visited this guy to buy glasses I was playing Borderlands 1 I thought I haven't played much of Borderlands 2 so I literally went home and went and played Borderlands 2 so last time I played Borderlands I bought a pair of glasses and went home and played it this time I bought a pair of glasses and went home and played it is that it. how this works like, so next time you buy a pair of shoes you'll tie it into another game in, yeah, this, in a series yeah, that you something played. like that something like I that. last played Batman when I bought like, the last pair of Steelies yeah so, so I'm going to play next Batman then yeah why not <laughs> yeah no, so I picked up, up Borderlands 2 ages ago, but the issue I had with it then was I'd, when I knew it was coming out, mm. I picked up all the DLC very cheap for Borderlands 1 yeah. and played through it all, and basically I burnt myself out on it before yeah, I, I played number say. 2, then I played 2, and obviously you're back to square 1, and it's like, I just can't, I burnt myself out, because it's now been several years since I last played it, mm-hmm. I'm back to enjoying it again. Sure. Um, so... Brief switch of Borderlands 2. Let's see if any comments. Uh, of mostly playing Shinken Shino on PS2. Okay. Um, PS2. I've, so, it's a, oh, sorry, an action RPG, an action first person shooter RPG. It's probably the best way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, first person shooter, um, Action RPG, um, its big key characteristic is all your weapons and gear are randomly generated. Yeah. So all your guns are, will be start off as a shotgun, and they might have, have random damage, random reload speed, random capacity. Mm-hmm. They have special effects, some elemental effects. When you shoot somebody, they might set them on fire, or they might be acidic and corrode them, or might be shocking and it'll shot, electrocute them. Mm-hmm. And they're good, so acidic is great against armour. Mm-hmm. It'll eat from armour really quickly. Um, shocking is good against pure got shields. It'll burn the shields off really fast. Mm-hmm. And um, fire is good against bare flesh. Okay. So each of their own advantages... And some people will be immune to the elemental effects as well. Mm-hmm. Um, same with like your, and they may also get things like, for example, in the other game, I had a shotgun that fired rockets. It fired shotgun shells, they turned to rockets as soon as they left the gun. There's this one which is called, um, I think it's called BK Brothers Wave, and it shot the shells and they sort of like flew out in a big line and sort of oscillated up and down like a wave on, a, on the um, ocean. Mm and yeah taking people up with that was quite fun because you got to sort of fight through hordes of zombies and but stuff you, you say they're randomly generated so there are some actual weapons in the game which they've set up okay but their damage well, the stats majority, will be levelled the damage stats the damage stats will be levelled to you mm-hmm. but also you'll probably be telling at certain levels anyway but they'll well, if you when they do that mission they'll be levelled to you basically so they're not going sure. to shit you do find that the majority of the guns you get are basically guns you probably won't ever Sure. You'll, probably, you'll probably just sell off the vendor trash the occasional come across a goal like wow that's so much better than what I've already got sure um, I've just switched out from a sniper rifle I had which 
the scripture was, I can see my house from here. Yeah. And that had a, because I had 11 times zoom on it, whereas most guns have like a 5 or 6. So 7 would be nice. Yeah, so, but I've switched out for one that's because it does more damage. Mm. So I'm just that elite, I can shoot people in the head anyway. From yeah, for sure. Leaving a normal sniper rifle. Um, you um, don't have, you, you're like this, you don't have regenerating health. God. Um, Which well, does occasionally throw me off these days, to be honest. Well, you don't have any health, but you can occasionally unlock a shield or class bar that does give you it, but it's rare, you have to equip it. Okay. It's quite rare. So I had one that regenerated health at 1.4 points per second. Sure. Now, when you can get hit by damage that does 200 points in one hit, yeah, 1.4 second right. isn't really great. It's great when you're not in combat, it gives you a chance to rebuild. But the main thing is you have this shield. Okay. So as you get shot, the shield takes damage. And if you get into cover, the shield will regenerate itself. So that's sort of like you regenerate health mechanic. When you lose the shield, that's when bullets start hitting your health. Sure. And then that's when the pain really starts. Because you can't, rege- unless you've got on the mods, you can't regenerate that. So you may be a case of, right, my shield's up, but I've only got 50 health left. Sure. If this shield goes down, I'm in, re- I'm, in, I'm in trouble. So you have your balance your shields. And shields might have effects as well. So the shield I've got at the moment, when it goes down, fires up a burst of flame in all directions handy very handy okay, so you have lots of other enemies up here and they'll fight you and will knock your shield off and then all of a sudden this burst of flame goes and they're all gone yeah a bit yeah well I had this one bit where I had to set other enemies on fire for a mission so I just stood there and let them take my shield out they're all like what's going on and you're just stood there going <laughs> with your shield go out boom alright and then I just go up there very very dangerous and nearly killed me what's going on is when you die you don't die straight away you sort of go what you call you get, you get like this little countdown timer on the screen and you still can use all your weapons to switch your weapons if you kill somebody before that countdown timer ends you have what they call a second wave yeah. and basically you wake up with your shields basically full and your health is about halfway up sure. so you've got a chance so you have got a chance of coming back even if you're near death if you do die it's not a big issue you simply get respawned at a respawn point further back sure. anything you've killed stays dead they do respawn after a certain time after a few, several minutes but they generally stay dead so don't dilly dally no, it's true. But if you're fighting like a boss character, so they have these characters called badass characters. So, for example, you might have like an enemy who's like normal, and then there'll be badass versions of them, mm-hmm. and they'll basically be tougher, bigger, have more health, and so forth, and do more damage. They're quite nasty. They, if you do, if they kill you, when you come back to them, all the health will be back. Ah. It's instantly respawns. Like, say, if all the boss name boss characters, the health all just comes back. So you. You do stop stretch. I mean, it's quite nice. We do. They do give you more ammunition and stuff. They do sort of semi restock you, ready to fight again. But it is tough, and it's very frustrating. If like you've got a badass enemy, and you're literally like about to kill him, and you're on a second wave, about to kill him, and then you die, and then you know you're going to back to back to square one. But actually, part of the challenge is part of sort of balancing. It's just it's it's not annoying. It's it's a bit annoying, but it's not that annoying to me. Mm-hmm. It's a horrible mechanic. It just seems to be quite sensible. That's fair. Combat itself is fun. With all the guns out there, and you know, you just, it's just combat is chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, the enemies you get, you know, right, they generally switch between. There'll be different types, but generally you have like a shooty type. You have like a tough guy who also approach you with like a shotgun type. Mm-hmm. You have many those. There's these ones called psy, um, 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 psychos, mm-hmm. and they'll just run up to you basically and try and attack you with an axe or what have you. As you do. As you do. There's the suicide version. They won't with a grenade in their hands and they'll set the grenade off. Um, in this one, we've got, again, enemies that carry shields now. And right. so you have to try and get past the shields. Mm. 
Um, occasionally you get one they're called they're called um, occasionally I think they're called nomads they're called occasionally you'll get part one that's called, no, it's called nomad torture it's got a shield but it's got like a little midget tied to the front ah. and as you're sure shooting him you can sort of like, you can sort of shoot the midget and he'll and, he'll, and the midget gets really upset if you sort of if you shoot him obviously but you can if you shoot just the guy the, the midget will get let free and then the mm-hmm. midget will attack you and you shoot the midget um, yeah, there's all these little midgets and they sort of run up to you and scream and they're psychotic as well and it's quite fun. Little midget shotguns are quite fun. They run up to you, they shoot you, they shotgun frozen flying backwards. <laughs> That's fun. It's just funny. It's just funny to do it and, and the way the enemies work are deliberately silly. Mm-hmm. The game doesn't take itself seriously at all. It knows it's got a stupid plot. Mm-hmm. It knows that the way it all works is stupid. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't care. It's That's just, the best it's, way. Yeah. It's the best kind. Most, the worst games out there are the ones that are absolutely ridiculous that yet still try and stay straight faced. Like Metal Gear Solid games. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. They You've get got an absolutely ridiculous plot, but we all have to take it seriously. Yeah. I will find that tends to be a little bit of a, a Japanese thing. Yeah. In general they tend, but they, this game doesn't care. It's like do you know what well, originally it was meant to be quite a when it when it first came out, it was meant to be like sort of quite was it hardcore? It's meant to be like sort of like a set on a planet, and it's all like sort of be like quite realistic and all mm. sorts. And then they basically decide, you know what, fuck it, let's just do six. I think it came up when, when Fallout came out. They did to Fallout, thought we should look like it. Yeah. So you know, let's fuck it. Let's do you know, the art style, and it's sort of semi shell shell shaded. Yeah. So you have um, it, it basically if you pause, it looks like you've paused a comic book. Sure. It's a bit. It's just it works and it works so well. It just suits the style of it perfectly. Um, you've got four main characters they each have like a unique special ability and it's the first bit you can unlock mm-hmm. so I'm playing a character called Zero um, who is um, he basically can um, de- his special ability is to deploy a decoy he goes invisible and he leaves a decoy just sort of randomly on the ground somewhere mm-hmm. where, where you, wherever you're aiming and your enemies will target that which means you can use that ability to walk around behind enemies and you can flank enemies flank, yeah take them out by doing that uh, so that's a great if you're in combat if you need to get into cover quickly you just deploy a decoy and then it gives you a bit of five seconds to get yourself a shield behind cover to regen your shields and just recover a little bit before they um, oh, take you out I've got borderlines too oh there you go borderlines too um, I just had to, I had to check. So I'm sure I had one or both. Oh no, I have Borderlands one on PlayStation. Mm. And, uh, Borderlands, I will say this Scout version does take a little bit longer to get going. Okay. Um, it took me about. I've said I said before I played it for about. I think the first one I I think I played it for about three hours before I sort of stopped. Sure. Um, and I picked up pretty much straight away. So I'm still in the starting area. I picked it up. I'm now on level. I'm now on level eighteen. I think hmm. there's 69 levels. It's all good. It's uh, Linux compatible as well. Oh, well, there you go. So there you go. So it's on the Pearl Linux. Um, it's a great game to pick up for a little fun blast. Sure. Um, it's great. It's like, I'll just try to kill you loads of things. You can pick board lands. Of course, everything just respawns. Yep. You know, that area is a fun area to play through. And, but there's a same level to, for what they were. Mm-hmm. So if you go back there, you can literally sort of go back there and you'll be facing, when you're like, so I'm level now. I mean, I, went, I had to go back to the starting zone to do a mission, mm-hmm. and I was up against all these people because I was like, they had all been leveled to like level two and three, and I was at the time like level thirteen. I was just like 
Every, every shot's just instant kill, and if you shoot with someone, you can they just explode basically. Yeah, you like, shred them to little it, it was, Yeah, it was like that, you know. When one took out my shield, it just like I just killed everybody in the, the shield. Area. wipes out the entire map, and you're like, well, guess I better go for a stroll then. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, great fun game. Um, the character, well, oh, you get all your grenades, you can put mods in your grenades. Yeah. So you're gonna you all have grenades, but then you get modifiers for them. Mm. So modifiers basically will either will increase damage, increase range, and also what they call the countdown time. So if you want it to have zero, as soon as a grenade lands, it explodes. Sure. So if you've got one that does a lot of damage and is like big radius, you can chuck it and as soon as it hits it, it explodes. So if you aim carefully, you can do a lot of damage really quick do a lot of damage. Sure. Some might have a countdown of like three or four seconds, and to be honest at that point the enemies just walk away from them. Yeah, they they know that it's great. Then they walk away. But then you might get ones that have like I've got one at the moment that does burning damage. Right. So throw all your enemies and it'll set them all on fire, which is neat. Yeah. The one thing I do miss from it from the first one is my character in the first one had um, a pet eagle hawk mm. that he could send off and he could send off, and you could equip the hawk with with like these elemental modifiers as well. Sure. So at one point I had the hawk set up. So I had it fully upgraded. And I set him up with a crow's damage, he just go flying off, just randomly hitting an enemy, creating him with a crow, and you just watch all these enemies gradually dissolve away. You're like, hang on a minute. Yeah. Oh, so, how does it tie into the first one? It's does it set, tie into the first yes, one? Yes, yes, it is. So, it's all the, it's uh, about five years after, I think five years after the first one. Do they pull the amnesia trick just in no, case you No, 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 no. So, the first one, quick plotline story, plotline is nonsensical, but the quick plotline story, um, this world's called Bandora. Um, basically it was a mining place they've always seen lots of mining because it's full of minerals and then it goes when they're mining it's in its winter mm-hmm. it's got winter and a summer cycle of each seven years long okay. as it's winter cycle they're doing the mining it's fine the summer cycle all the aliens all the alien life started waking up mm-hmm. and it was basically just pruning and the minerals all dried up as well so basically all the corporations in charge said fuck oh, it mate, but we're not going to bother anymore all the people who have money left world left went off world as well because they could just leave mm. so all that got left was all their all the companies used to have like criminal labour so they just went and let them all loose oops and they said well we don't care anymore so all, all people who had left are basically people who couldn't afford to get off world sure so but there was these rumours this thing called the vault which was supposed to contain lots of alien weaponry mm. really powerful and you played a vault hunter who was trying to find the vault sure and at the end of the game you find the vaults and this is a spoiler for a game that's about 10 years old. And inside, and you can guess from the name of the game, the planet's called Pandora. Mm. Do you think there's lots of nice things in the vaults? Hell no. No, it was this big, big, horrific creature that basically was called the Destroyer of Worlds. Which and, is often the way a planet yeah. out in the middle of nowhere is used as a prison for... Yeah. And yeah, you basically had to um, kill it and put it back in its vaults. And as a real insult, it dropped loads of shit gear... Because yeah. he wanted to sort of say, well, nothing good comes out of Pandora's box, so I have loads of Less shit gear. And it's like, cheers, guys. All great things you could end in New Game Plus, mm-hmm. and you basically start the game, everybody gets leveled up to your account, so basically your character gets carried over, mm-hmm. and everything gets leveled up to you. And all the, so, like I mentioned, the badass, they become, they become, they become I think they then became, um, like, sort of like motherfuckers. Oh my god. <laughs> because they're more powerful. Um, uh, it's just. Fun. It's just fun. It's great thing. Don't think. Don't take it seriously. So this one is set five years later. Um, one of the big corporations, Hyperion, wants to basically get hold of the vault itself. No one knows what's in there. They want to basically 
get control of it themselves. I'm weaponized. Yeah, sure. And they've got this guy in charge called Handsome Jack, who is well, he's also the bad guy, obviously. But yeah, because you've got the quite, Handsome Jack trilogy now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but he's 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 a brilliant character. He's just so funny. He's all like says, "Yeah, I've got a secret to tell you. I've got a secret that you I'm gonna let you know about, but not until after I've killed you." <laughs> that sort of stuff. It's just it's just funny. And you're game playing the Vault Hunter, who basically trying to stop Hanson Jack. Um, he wants to get into the vault, and you're trying to stop him doing that. Sure. So you've got to try and stop that Hanson Jack, and basically control Pandora. Um, one of the bad the bad thing about it is that they went DLC mad. Mm. It's got something like forty DLCs for it. Would you say this was about this was about the time, wasn't it, Borderlands Two, where games went quite. DLC mental. Yeah. They want to see how far they can push. Yeah, I mean, all the DLC is cheap, mm. but still, to buy it all is going to cost you over a hundred quid. Sure. So and when when you when the combined cost of all of your DLC is more than the value of the actual game itself, that's you have to wonder what the publisher or developer were thinking. Like, oh, we really yeah. need to recoup costs at this point. Or I mean, some of the DLC is quite worth. It. Some of it is like all new character classes. Mm. And some of, it, some of it's like whole new um, story that's as a story missions. In the case of the character classes, do they drastically change gameplay, or are they just kind yeah. of slight changes? Everybody's to different. Every character class has every character class has its own unique free um, upgrade or oh, upgrade trees. So you get sure. one one point skill point every time you you level up, mm-hmm. and they all have free upgrade trees that are unique to them. So my character, he's got uh, an upgrade tree around sniping, mm. an upgrade tree around his special abilities, an upgrade tree around his common assassin, an upgrade tree around his sword skills. Sure. And you know, since sniper one, like I've I've got I've upped it so every weapon I have has a better scope than it should have. Sure. Um, oh, so actually, do certain challenges, you unlock badass points. Right. So you so basically you, every time you complete like so, so a challenge would be something simple like level one challenge would be kill ten skags. Okay. Like these dog things. Um you kill them and you get a bad point. Next one will be like kill fifty, then a hundred, then two hundred and fifty, and five hundred. And when you get them as you get more badass ranks, you're not badass points. Mm-hmm. And these are allowed to be basically you can create permanent modifiers. Okay. So for example, you basically when you slip them you'll get there's like ten, about thirteen different modifiers you can have and you'll be randomly pick five of them mm-hmm. and you can pick one of those five so for example you might have one that does gun damage and you pick it and all your gun damage will be increased by 0.7% sure and what's if you try and do the same one again and again and again it will it'll pull it out of the list mm-hmm. so you can't pick and overpower a single skill Sure. and obviously the higher it goes you have to do a lot more badass ranks before you get a point to spend but yeah, I've now got like all my guns do like like about four percent damage and what they were doing, and mm-hmm. my shields regenerate a lot quicker. So yeah, it's quite cool in that respect. It works quite well. Uh, what's also interesting about it is all the enemies, um, you get critical hits. So obviously in new combat. So a human, the critical parts of the head, sure. which makes sense. So a normal shot from my rifle does like two hundred points of damage. Mm-hmm. For him in the head, I do two thousand points of damage. Sure. That's a mechanic that was also used in games like Destiny, The Division. I, I think. think I think critical hits on the head on humans is pretty standard. Bar, yeah, for sure. Used. I mean, just like the way that they they changed it based on uh, enemy type. That's good because yeah. a lot of games started using the kind of RPG shooter uh, style mechanics where you would actually have vis- visible hit points. 
Yeah, and, yeah this is what um, this has got as well. So yeah. as you assume, pit points come off them as yeah. well. And it'll say critical when you assume. Yeah. Um, but like the Skags, for example, their critical bit is their mouths. Mm-hmm. But they open their mouths to fire like, acid at you, and then you, that's their critical shots. So if you get them straight in the mouth, you'll kill them really quick. Sure. Um, you've got like spider ants, and theirs, they're quite clear. Their critical bit is their abdomen, mm-hmm. but they're, they're all armoured on the front. So they come at you. If you shoot them from the front, you'll do very little damage. Mm-hmm. But some of them are bullwashy, and so you have to like they charge. You sort of jump out of the way, sure. so you can then turn around and shoot them in the back. Or like some of the ones that fire like long range at you, they fight from that when they shoot. I mean, if you've got a sniper rifle, you can aim for the scope and shoot as they're aiming up. Sure. Or if you hear them right in the head, you can daze them. They'll sort of wander around, make walk around behind them and shoot them. Sure. So it's it's they thought about it. It, although the combat is, as it is, although it's a silly game, they have fought about how the combat works, yeah. and it is decidedly unfair. They will happily throw, right, we're just going to chuck 50 of these buggers at you. Yeah. Deal with it. And it's fun. It's, it's the, when you, there is hard, but it's fun hard. It's it not, doesn't feel, you say it's, it's you know, horribly unfair at points, but, but it doesn't feel nasty or cheap. It's there yeah. to say, here you go, fucking have, have do this. This is going to be this is going to be an absolute challenge. You're going to die twenty times, but you're going to have fun doing it. That's it, and that's fine. That's fine with me. Um, so it's not unfair fun and not unfair hard. So yeah, like sure. It. Yeah, borders. I I would. You can. It's now reasonably priced on Steam. Always goes on sale in the sales. Always goes on. I was in there. You had it on sale um, the other week. It's you? up. It's on Humble Bundle at the moment as well. <laughs> yes, Humble Bundle. We'll talk about it later. Cringe. Yeah. Um, I actually want to see if um, Borderlands 1 is on Steam. Yes, it is on Steam because I've got it on Linux. Steam. I know I haven't got it on um, Linux. There we go. See, Borderlands is still, still at 30 odd quid. You bought in 2017, that's impressive. Yeah. I don't know what I just picked there. 98, so you're fine. Cool. Oh, it's Windows only. Interesting. Yeah, but I think that's from 2008, I think. 2008, 2009. Sure, it just winds me up that we get the sequel, but they haven't bothered to, to put yeah. the first one. Yeah. But, I mean, the sequel's still quite... It's still quite... It's still reasonably expensive. Mm. Um, although, to be fair, a lot of the DLC... I mean, I can't, I can't see the price. I think it's six six thirty from here. Let's have a look. £6.30 by the looks of it. Uh downloadable content for Borderlands 1 is at £25.20 for a whole lot yeah to be fair it's, it's a bit expensive for not such an old game but that is that those do, they do add a hell of a lot of content those DLCs sure they add whole new areas whole new enemy types um oh just basically something that I've mentioned all new enemy types all new weapons and so forth works quite well um, I mentioned it's co-op as well. You can have to four players co-op as well. Always a bonus. Um, it's not the world's best implemented co-op. So basically, when you go into it, yeah, you never see all the downloadable content available. One hundred and sixteen pounds in DLC, fifty-four pence, and the game is forty quid by itself. So it's nearly three times uh, as much. Currently twenty. Twenty. So it's six times as much for the DLC, virtually. See. Good times. Good times to be alive. That's it. Uh, but to be fair, nearly all of it is is optional anyway. You don't need. Sure. Most of it's like all like um, cosmetic stuff. Yeah, or cosmetic stuff. And they're like those like so you might like, you might look and go, I really like that. And you'll buy it for seventy nine p. So 
Sure. It's not that benefit. But I say the first one, the yes DLC is expensive, but you do get a lot for what it is. You get a hell of a lot of content for that money, so I won't besmirch it for that. So I'll say it's expensive, but it's quite it, for its individual parts, reasonably good value for money. But it's still a lot of money for a lot for the game. But yeah, so that's Borderlands Two. So yeah, I'll definitely I'll pick up in a pick up in a sale. Do not buy it normally because it'll cost you way too much. Wait for the Christmas sale, or the Halloween sale, or the summer sale. Pick up things. It always goes cheap during the sales. In all the sales. In all sales, it always goes cheap. Wait for them. Pick it up. So it looks so, right. So let's see. Hollow Knight. Haven't played it. Lots of people have told me good stuff about it. This is in the comments, which is part of the audio viewers. Yes. Yeah. Um, good choice in giving up on Metal Gear. Or Metal Gear Solid. Can't say Metal Gear because I always scream at people when they say, Oh yeah, Metal Gear is great. No, that's the first two games. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid is a completely different thing. But good job on giving up on it. Worthless series. I say that it's not bad but it ain't as great as people say it is no and Hideo Kojima is clearly on crack or something oh hell yeah when, when he's coming up with them stories it's like have you actually spent any time writing this or are you just making it up as you go along and he's just like he he's sat there smoking a joint whilst injecting something and yeah yeah I think that's just not that part of the course isn't it right um, we can't do any story work today Hideo couldn't afford any crack <laughs> so it was a business expense anything else exciting in there there we go the fact that uh, Lufia for SNES was actually Lufia 2 in the USA um, I'd like to throw out there can I, I, I just want to when games come out over here and it turns out that we get a sequel um, or like we, what we get is the first game in the series but it's actually a sequel mm. so um, and he's just kind of said about Lufia 2 being uh, or Lufia being Lufia 2 in the States uh, Monster Rancher was Monster Rancher 2 in America oh. which was annoying um, Dynasty Warriors as an example Dynasty Warriors 2 is actually the first in the series right mm-hmm. <laughs> yep because over here we already had a beat-em-up uh, fighting game called Dynasty Warriors. So they decided that because it had the same characters in it, they would just call it Dynasty Warriors 2. Right. But Dynasty Warriors 2 is actually the first of uh, that the type of game. games. Yeah. So it was, so was a beat-em-up, did you say, the first one? Yes. The first one over here. Was in it? Japan, it's still... The, in, in Japan... Um, what is basically Dynasty Warriors 2 is just the first one right whatever they call it I can't remember what they actually called it in Japan it's number one um, so good job naming things name, naming conventions completely throw that out the numbers and titles and subtitles just anyway moving on yes your second I don't know well, it's a game you've played several times before, but yes. it's the most recent event tied to the game. Yes, we always talk about the Splatoon 2 Splatfest. We did mention last time when Middlemeister was here, didn't we? Which, yeah. by the way, Middlemeister isn't here. He's been replaced with a microphone. Um, to be fair, we'll get more scent on the microphone. 
So it's quiet. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, I was a, You know why he's not here? Probably he's because he, yeah, he hasn't finished those two RPGs I told him to play. Probably he'd better be playing them now. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to have to give him a. I mark. think he's bought a new game as well. There's so many other days bought something new for his. Um... Oh, I think he's getting a Switch. It's about bloody time. We've only got three of them in this house. We're planning on getting only another three. one soon. Yeah. We're getting another one soon. Maybe another one after that. Why did you need five switches for? Well, one more for the wife, and then the fifth one. Why does one... she need two switches for? Well, because she has well one more switch based on the three that we've got. Fourth one for the wife, and then the fifth one for reasons. For luck. Yeah. You know for, why not? For when the hero breaks the first one, gets the fifth one. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the drill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Normal switches, or are you going to get a customised switch? Um, well, if I want to customise a switch, I could do that with any of them, to be honest. I'd probably yeah. just do it to mine, but... Are you going to go buy the normal versions? Yeah, we'll just buy normals. Um, in fairness, they're all normal. I mean, they're not really... I good. thought that was uh, the one you got well, was like an additional one or something. No. Um, so even the, the Splatoon edition of Nintendo Switch, sarcastic air quotes here, folks, not that the audio viewers can hear that. The... Splatoon edition of Nintendo Switch over here didn't have anything specific that made it the Splatoon edition show I have a copy of Splatoon 2 with it. Oh. Um, whereas in Japan, the two Joy-Cons that I have on my system, for the benefit of the video... Audio... The, the, um, the video listeners. Video listeners. The Japanese Switch comes with the Splatoon Joy-Cons, which are green and pink. Now, so did you import those? No, um, we actually got the Splatoon Joy-Cons in this country as a separate purchase. Um, so I just bought them separate from the Switch because I already had a Switch. So that wasn't that big of a deal. Plus, oh. I have a few pairs of Joy-Cons anyway. So yeah. I multiplayer games with the kids. Um, but yeah, in America, they didn't, they didn't get either a limited edition or the Splatoon Joy-Cons. So... Once we got something that America didn't woo! Yeah, he makes the change. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there, there was no addition. No. Um, I suppose they did that a lot of the Wii U, didn't they? A lot of the oh, Wii U editions, they're not. Or am I misremembering that as well? Uh, no, they had. They definitely had a Zelda special edition, but a lot of the special editions were literally just the standard console with a digital game installed on it. Oh. So nothing particularly. Boring, really? Yeah. Um, the Mario Odyssey version of the Switch is going to have probably Mario Odyssey on it installed and then red Joy-Cons. We will probably get that one. Yeah. Um, but in the case of Splatoon, there was nothing special about my Switch versus any other uh, Switch. Um, but yeah, uh, Splatoon 2, the last Splatfest happened. We so did mention it in the last we podcast. We did, we did. That's the question. Which way round do you go? It was toilet roll. Do you like your... Or do you prefer to have your toilet roll hanging from the front of the roll or from the back of the roll? Oh, I'm trying to say vertical. <laughs> I chose the uh, loose parts who hang from the front of the roll mainly because I He's don't care as long as there's roll. <laughs> to be honest, uh, I think I said last podcast, I don't know why everybody debates this because it's just never wrong with me. That's it. That's it. In fairness, I did come up with a reason as to why I would pick front roll in uh, during the Splatfest because I was trying to find a reason as to why anyone would care and I actually found a reason why back roll 
which just sounds like some kind of back fat thing to me. Yeah. Um, back roll isn't ideal in this house. Right. Because of... Did you do lots of scientific experimentation to discover this? Yes, I did. Day one. They haven't pulled it off properly. That's it. <laughs> I, I sat there and I, I put my lab coat on. I even put on a pair of glasses. Safety glasses. Yep. Took my hat off. All, like, all like sort of um, tied my hair back so yeah, did you put a hair net on and yeah. a beard net yeah yeah. yeah. Clip, did you have a clipboard yes and a calculator yes stopwatch yes awesome I had a pencil and a pen did blue and black did you have a microscope to analyse the results no I did not oh, see that's where you missed out I know your data's now invalid it is so, actually it is because then people would have said hang on a minute you already knew the answer I did um, front so, roll I chose team front roll Right, and, and was, that, my, was, that, was that relative to the house? Did you do this experiment first and go, well... No, I, I was doing the experiment in my head whilst playing it to try and justify my choice. Um, because in this house, based on where the bathroom window is and the shower is, um, if you leave the window open whilst the shower is on, so obviously stop condensation, the wind, uh, the wind will blow in through the window... The walls will be covered in condensation of some some degree, varying degree. If you have back roll, the wind will just blow the toilet roll onto the wall because the toilet roll holder is right on top right. of the wall, so you'll just end up with wet toilet roll. So if you well, have, well, so if you have a front roll, you still end up with wet toilet roll, just like on the back. No, because roll. the actual roll itself doesn't touch; it's just the hanging part. Uh, the hanging right. part would be closer to the wall. To so it. scientifically, you've proven you need to have at the front. Yes, I like at science. least in my house. At least in your house. Your, how, your experience may vary. Yes. Is what we're saying here. Yes. Cool. The the variables may change. They will change based on your house versus my you house. You see, house. I always thought, think about it, front roll, you get better access. Because yeah. if it's against the back wall, you have to sort of like put your hand up behind it, sort of like run against the wall and pull it forwards. Where it's front, it's just ready to go. It is also kind of, there is actually a reasonable reason as to why you would want to go back roll. Because you know how people sometimes do that with the roll? Yeah. Uh, to just basically make it all fall on the floor. If it's back roll, it can't do that. Because it'll just keep on flipping around. You'd have to push it into the wall to get it to unroll onto the floor. I'm pretty sure I'd get it to unroll quite easily onto the floor from the back. Well, you probably can, but still. <laughs> Is that the next experiment? Yeah. That's the next experiment. I'll do it do. here. <laughs> if you don't mind. Oh, I do, because we've only just had people unblock the drains around here. Yeah. So, please don't. <laughs> Why don't I put down the toilet? I'll just have a little pile it's left. It's like a pile of the four. Yeah, you come and there's an empty bag of 24 toilet rolls. I've done 12 of each, and you're right, it's definitely harder back <laughs> I guess I've, I've tie myself every time and just leave the pile of toilet paper just in the middle of the floor. Everything changes. Yeah. What, what, what are the variables here? Well... <laughs> When you do it this way, when you have the window open, if there's a shower on, da da da, you know, stuffs. Um, science and reasons. Get a power drill involved on this. This is like. I just have this vision of, right, I've got this adapter, right, I've made this uh, this thing, looking like a drill bit that you use to cut, like, circles out of wood, like big yeah. ass chunks out of wood. Yeah. It's just the right size to put my toilet roll on. <laughs> and then he pushes the power drill to see how fast I am. What is the what is the maximum speed you can get roll off of or, or toilet you paper? You probably start quite slow to allow it to go down because if you go too fast away, you should say it'll just keep itself on the roll because it's going yeah. around too quick. So you probably start slow. But once you've got enough off, you could speed up. Yeah, because it'll just follow down. This is something we need to test out. <laughs> Real science. What's what's that one? 
The, the, Big uh, noble rule. Yes, we need. We're going to get that. We're going to get that. Yeah, we can prove that Great Tournament Well is best. Tory have attachments for um, power tools. I've got an attachment. Well, my father's got an attachment for his electric screwdriver and does wine bottles of corks. How crazy! I bought it came. In, I bought a, it came in a gift box with the, with the um, electric screwdriver. I can just imagine your dad sat there with a power drill. He loves it. He loves it. Yeah, he puts it on the wine and just pulls it and just goes straight in and pulls the cork out. It's really good. <laughs> It works really well. For He's so all, uh, by it. For all wine connoisseurs out there, you need yeah. your power drill. Is that, is that what you give to like rednecks who drink wine? No, they just like smash rednecks drinking wine. No, I'm just saying like, that's what a redneck would do. Like if they ha- if they were given wine and like, well, how the hell do I open this? They just end up getting their they power get drill. Get axe and chop the top off, wouldn't they? Well, that's what they did in Scotland. No, Scotland's no Scotland's red. Don't compare Scotland to rednecks. Scotland, no, I can't. That's just very unfair. I mean, Scotland, these, you know, the people there have got some sense. Let's be fair, in Scotland, they'd just bite the top of the bottle off. No, they'd smash the bottle on their friends, and they'd smash the bottle on someone who didn't like face, and then drink, lick it up from the floor. No, they'd do the person in for wasting the alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Don't you dare restart windows. <laughs> oh dear, we've just had a pop-up. Uh, but yeah, the um, I chose front roll, team front roll won it. Um, Yay! So... So, from, from your point of view, is you've had is this two victories your t- your choice has had or three? Uh, two, I believe. So it's even for you. Yeah, it was actually quite a close one, uh, to be honest. But um, yeah. so Nintendo have proven that front roll is the best. Yes, it's official. The next Splatfest has already been announced as well. All gone. Um, the first weekend of next month will be Vampires versus Werewolves. I wonder why that would be. What would that be? Wells, clearly. I think it's got something to do with uh, Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, that one. That yeah, one. It's Thanksgiving. Is it traditional to have a werewolf at Thanksgiving? It's or definitely something? a blood-sucking holiday. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, and vampire werewolf. Uh, I'm going vampire just because I'm a Castlevania fan. Oh, but don't you kill vampires in Castlevania? Yeah, that's a little point. <laughs> well, actually, yes, you do. But then in uh, Symphony of the Night, you play as one, and in Castlevania Three, you play as a vampire. I'll get werewolf. For what reason? I like dogs. Well, yeah, you're a fair boy. <laughs> you know, it's, the only real negative I can find to it is uh, Vampire's Twilight. You know, the sparkly... Oh, that is true. You might be a sparkly vampire. But... And you can't go on daylight, although that's not so much difference for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what? Look, I'm British. I've never seen the sun. <laughs> that's a good point. Does the sun have to actually be shining for vampires? Because it, if, it's just, if it's overcast, is it fine? You just sound have got like a vitamin D intolerance or I something. think it's probably the case. Oh, uh, it's like, well, we, Britain is besieged by vampires because it's always overcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, so the thing is, from a practical point of view, werewolfing only affects you for one day of the month, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Whereas vampires, every single bloody day. Oh, yeah, I've got to drink some more blood today. Great. Oh, oh great. Can I just like be addicted to, like, like be a vampire to McDonald's or something? Well, you never know. That'd be expensive. They've though. probably tried to kind of wean themselves off of blood and tried to come up with some kind of substitute, like myself and I am, bro. I, you see, it's the island of the blood, you see. See, there you go. Now we know. Very chopping werewolf is the grooming charges. Oh, they're extortionate. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. God damn it. Yeah. And you do murder people without realising what you're doing. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. No, no, I can. I will completely justify anything that those poor bastards have to go through. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you know, same, same with old uh, Kim. 
Now he gives us the sun. Once Here every... comes the sun. Do 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 do. Thank you, Kim Jong Un. See, it has to be known. Once again, audio viewers, um, Skaz is now reading the comments. <laughs> Let's see. Um, toilet science. That's what we're now. That's what we're now doing. Toilet science. Toilet science. And uh, werewolves, obviously, because. Gay Werewolf Hunters is the sequel to Lesbian Vampire Killers. <laughs> um, oh, I, I can't sort of figure out why there's a reason to go werewolves, but yo, yeah, dig it. You know, he's, he, he comes, he comes to join his canine friends. I was a werewolf in Skyrim. I will say vampirism in Skyrim, not Skyrim, fucking oblivion. Oh, patch it, but there's the please. It's a real pain in the ass, isn't it? Hmm. Well, you, know, you know it's bad when you're sort of like I'm a supernatural creature but it's just a hassle yeah I'm sure it's a real hassle being it was a nice way for, for Bethesda to rinse any extra money out of people though yeah. you know there's a known bug where the vampirism quest is glitched PC players pull down that console console players <laughs> pony up some cash that's the irony the PC players have to use a console to fix everything yeah. the console <laughs> players can't do that it's like oh my god it's like they got the money out of me, by the way. Yeah, so there's always, there's always in any Bethesda Sky and um, Elder Scrolls game, there's always one quest that is so broken that you only do it in the in the only do it with a co- using a console to fix it or a patch. Oh, it's just so bad. Patch? Was, don't say patch. Bethesda don't know how to patch anything. That's what they call DLC. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Board meeting, right. Um, we need to launch a new patch. You mean DLC? Yes, yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Can we pay... Can we charge them for fixing a bug in our game? Yes, we did it with horse armour. We sorted it. What annoyed me with vampirism in that game, though, was that it was a, it was basically a random dice roll every time you slept. I thought it was if you got attacked by a vampire. No. No, because when, when I got vampirism in Oblivion... I had gone to sleep and then I had a nightmare um, that I had been attacked by a vampire in my castle or wherever it was that I was and then I contracted vampirism. You see, that's interesting because I fought a vampire and I got contracted the disease mm. and then I went to bed and then I got that message about whether it's because I contracted the disease I also noticed they were linked together mm-hmm. maybe they are but I wonder if it's possible that perhaps that was I got the random dice roll as well but because I'd already contracted it I didn't think sure. it was I always assumed it was a dice roll because I'd not seen a vampire in that yeah, playthrough yeah. I looked up vampires I looked at how much of a hassle they were so yeah I just got the console and removed yeah good effect. good fucking good job there <laughs> movie that, effect the, uh, initially it wasn't too much of a problem but as soon, uh, and the later stages of vampirism in those games it's impossible to do Anything because obviously the, the you can't go out in the day, can you? Because you actually sort of lose health constantly. So you're con- you basically you start to burn, and you are clearly a vampire at this point because your skin just starts to disintegrate in the, during the daytime. So no one will talk to you at all, right? Um, you can't go out during the day because you die. You're getting attacked. We're getting uh, health taken away from you, so you can't fast travel. Well, I suppose you can't, can you? Right. Um, and uh, what, what was what was the other one? Oh yeah, and obviously if you if you're traveling around at night, everywhere's fucking locked. <laughs> so if you, if you needed to do a quest, and the only way you could do it was at night time, you can't because they've all shut up shop. 
Yep. So the only way to actually continue with the game is to act, to, to cure vampirism. But if the quest to do it is bugged, you're instantly like, I was like, right, how do we cure vampirism? Cool, let's go and do, why is she attacking me? <laughs> what the fuck? You're supposed to be caught. Oh, I'm sorry. Run away. Oh, she was flying with me a minute ago and she gave me the quest. You know, that they had the exact same bug in, in um, Skyrim. When they added vampires to Skyrim, um, there were people reports and they went to like the vampire's castle where the vampires live you gain vampirism and they all turn on you and, you're like, and they're vampires as well what bastards yeah once again you've proven that being a werewolf with a companion goes far better because it's only a problem once a month huh. once a month I need to lock myself in a kennel and I'm fine that's it locks himself in his little shed yeah. I'm actually going to now have to check up to see if it was um being attacked by a vampire that caused it but I'm almost certain I hadn't been then again I haven't played Oblivion in a long time oh there you go that's, that's, that's a measurement of time obviously a yes long time. a long time but it's, um, it's the same as uh, Google and YouTube's a moment <laughs> it's comments time again audio listeners <laughs> what a random dream yeah oh god anyway seriously What's, what's, what's the deal? I think he's had one too many bad cookies. Or a duffer glass of milk. When it goes green, it's probably not safe to drink. Have I ever told you my pig-loading dream I had once? So Is this safe for podcast? This, this is safe for work. I was on the farm, mm. and we were meant to be loading pigs up the next day. Next mm. morning, about 4am, we were going to get up loading all the pigs up to go, off, to go off to become bacon. And... I was staying in there's like a stable on site I was staying in just for a couple of nights to do this and I was staying there and um, I have this dream where the farmer breaks throws the door and he goes the lorry's here the lorry's here you need to get up you need to get up he's here he's here we've got to get on with it it's like <coughs> it's three hours in the morning he's early he's like doesn't matter he's here we need to get on with it we need to get on with it come get up get up get up get up to be fair he's like that normally when we're loading so it felt quite realistic <laughs> So, next film. So, he wasn't wearing a tutu in the dream. No, no. Just to give you no. any hints that so, it was oh, a dream. Oh, I'll be there, I'll be there. So, next film, no, you know, dreams just jump. Mm. And so I jumped, and we're outside, we're loading pigs up, we're out the bit, we've got the pigs ready to go, and the ramp's there, and basically, if a ramp, just pigs walk up to the lorry. And I look at the lorry, and it's one of those, like, kiddie rides you have in the supermarkets. <laughs> and I'm shocked. They're not going to go on there. You're not going to get all hundred pigs on there. It's not enough space. It's not enough space. And he's just, we'll get them on. We'll get them on. Just do it. Just do it. We'll get them on. We'll get them on. I'm just going, I'm being really reasonable. I said, you're not going to get them on there. You're not going to get them on there. We have an argument in the dream about whether we've got the pigs or not. And then jumps again. And for some reason, the pigs are on the lorry. I don't know how imagine we've gone onto this you lorry. You've 20 pigs. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> we're sat there and he goes, right, okay, we did it. We did it. Good, good, good. And we're about to go. And the driver gets out and he goes, so we've got 50p. <laughs> <laughs> and then I woke up. Oh, and my alarm, I woke up to my alarm going off. It's like, oh, it's 4am. We've got to go load pigs in half an hour. I better get up. What a crazy ass dream. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. When I have dreams, it's literally, it's time to get the kids to school. Yeah. <laughs> How exciting. <laughs> or, hey, it's a weekend. And then all of a sudden my alarm goes off. Yeah. No, I've got to get the kids to school. I get, I get quite frequent those falling dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get quite. I probably get one at least the one. one you, <gasps> you jump awake. Yeah. I get one at least one of those once a month or so. Lucky you. At least you're asleep when you have that feeling. <laughs> I'm fucking usually wide awake. 
Yeah. So because I'm an insomniac, I very rarely get the chance to actually have a dream. <laughs> so I'm just like, cynical. that is why I'm such a plank most of the time. Because <laughs> I'm running on zero sleep two thirds of the time. Words fail me constantly because I'm just on the edge of consciousness. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, right. Stackfest. Yes. Huh? Yep. Yep. We're gonna we we did team front roll. We're gonna go team vampire this time round. Um, none of that stupid Elder Scrolls vampirism crap. <laughs> you never know, my mind might change by the first weekend the next month. You've got a head of werewolf on the wall, I've just noticed. Yes, yes, I do. I do. We need vampires somewhere in this house. That's disappointing. Skyrim comes out this month or next month? I thought it came out November 11th, 2011. See, see, well, guess what? Guess what? Nintendo Switch is getting it either this month or next month. Ooh. Yay. And I Do you think they'll fix it by then? <laughs> oh man you should go to Vegas for that act. It's just amazing. You'd you'd make millions. You'd make absolutely millions. Bethesda releasing a game that works. <laughs> Oh. Uh, apparently whenever I have falling dreams I go yay skydiving goodness <laughs> whenever I have falling dreams I can go oh, ground 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 oh I'm awake oh shit <laughs> <laughs> oh. occasionally I have dreams where I'm same thing I'm, I'm, but I'm usually getting hit by something like a train or a lorry I've never had one of those that were quite rare I've only had that about two or three times but yeah I'll just suddenly sit there being oh there's a lorry coming so really quickly look it's Euro Truck I can't believe I'm driving it yeah boom I'm awake now often had those uh, often had those dreams where you are trying to run to something or run from something and you're getting nowhere fast like everything just feels like a right drag to do it yeah I don't think I've had I've only had those a few times those sort of running dreams the running dream where you're about to knife someone but just as you're about to stick the blade in all of a sudden everything feels really heavy and slow yeah. and somehow even though you were guaranteed to get the bastard yeah. they still got away most of my dreams do involve brutal violence I've, <laughs> I've never dreamed about Kapoor games or dreams but most of them involve generally farming or farm animals not in any dodgy way <laughs> <laughs> he has to say it because you never know. People know me. That's why I have to say it. They know they're going to assume, ultimately assume. Ah! Oh, that's almost as funny as Bethesda releasing a working game. Yeah, you're fucking uh, silly, you are, not yeah, you? Well, let's yeah. see. Oh, by the way, just so you know, Stardew Valley came out on the Nintendo Switch this month and is the top seller. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised. Uh, let's see. It's Can't a disappointing game. I think he's putting over 200 hours on I just game. don't Jesus I don't Christ. get it I don't get why it's it's just frustrating Fire Emblem comes out on the 20th Super Mario Odyssey comes out on the 27th your personal favourite hey Farming Simulator 17 on this guy I'm just below it oh um, 17th of next month S- virtually 6 years to the day near enough marvellous there you go I might pick it up, although I won't be picking it up on launch. I want to actually see if Skyrim being portable will actually make me want to kind of maybe possibly play it. Because mm. strangely enough, I've played more games on the Switch. Stuff that I wouldn't have ever thought of playing. It is quite incredible to think that Skyrim when it came out was quite a potent, you know, quite, you need a reasonably pokey PC to play it decently. Yep. 
And now it's come out on a portable console. Yeah. Now you've got it on what is effectively a tablet. Yeah. So, um, and that's what I, I mean, that's one of the things I like about this. Don't get me wrong. Graphically, a lot of the games aren't going to be anything fancy. Uh, resolution's going to be lower. But you've still got what was once a full-blown PC game in a portable. Yeah. I mean, we'd have, we never had that years ago. The closest yeah. thing we had to that was, say, the Sega Nomad. You'd take your console, get you'd take your Mega Drive game and uh, take it on the go, or the Master Gear converter, putting Master System games in the Game Gear. Super Game Boy, taking the Game Boy game and putting it on a Super Nintendo, not the kind of the reverse, but yeah. you know what I mean. Um, and bless Sony for trying the Vita TV and the Vita. We don't want console experiences on the go. Clearly, we fucking do. Yeah. Because this thing's selling like crazy. Um, that and um, Doom. Doom 2016 is coming out oh, soon. Of course. Sometime between now and Christmas. Yeah. They've said, you know, it is going to be much lower res than its current console counterparts. It's not going to be as pretty as um, as the PC version, obviously. Yeah, but, but you've got Doom 2016 with multiplayer in your in your. Pocket. Have you seen that um, picture of the guy playing Skyrim with his PS3 on a train? That's, that must be bizarre. He's got his TV on the seat and he's got his PS3 there and it must be a train that's got power ports mm-hmm. and he's all plugged in he sat there playing Skyrim on the train. <laughs> as you do. As you do. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus. I, I still think about it though. Like, think about all of the things that we've had or the things that we've done over our lifetime. Like, computer advancement once upon a time. If I could go back in time and say to myself, in the future you will be able to buy a computer that is the size of a credit card and you will be able to store and play every game from the Atari 2600 all the way up to the PlayStation 1 um, in one place easily or you will be able to play yeah you you will be able to play um, complete collections of games on a phone I remember when flash drives came out when they actually saw came out and they were just magic Mm-hmm. You know, also, and I've gone from using floppy disks um, or maybe CDRWs, mm-hmm. um, and also I've gone from those to a little stick that holds te- you know, more than 10 times as much. You know, because it's in those days, I had the first one having 16 megs. Yeah, for sure, you'd have like, like, It holds yeah. 10 times as much, and it's like, oh, my course, it could be a 1 mil memory stick, it plugs in this quick, and it does it quickly and fast. and job done and that was like sort of the year after we were using floppy disks for everything and the year after also these flash drives appeared yep. all of a sudden floppy disks were obsolete and uh, yeah. we moved on and it's just imagine going back in time and telling yourself you will be able to fit 256 gigabytes on something the size of your little finger now yeah yeah I remember my first sort of my first big gaming I bought it had a 60 gig hard drive in it 60 gigs Jesus my my first and that was monster. That was meaty then. Sixty gigs, like wow, sixty gigs. My first PC, what it was basically a two two gigabyte hard drive. But once you installed everything on it, it was one point six gigs or one point two. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, this was actually like sort of like fifty three. Yeah. It was. You obviously lost some because six, sixty gigs. What the company says is not sixty gigs. What Windows says. Yeah, for sure. That's, um, I can't remember what the reason for that is. It's, um, it's because all the com- allocation tables. Or- uh, it's because all the companies measure hard drive space in a thousand megs is rather a gig, than one two one oh two four, which is what Kapoor is measuring. Yeah, they all do that. Though. Marketing, <laughs> yeah, for the win. So on my terabyte, or four terabyte hard drives are like sort of four three point nine two terabytes because you're watching. Cheeky bastards. <laughs> yes. 
Because do you reckon anyone's actually tried to like do them for that? Excuse me. Excuse me. Where's my extra couple of fucking gigs, you bastards? I paid for that. Well, they've not stopped in the last 20 years, so clearly it's, it's working for them. It still it, it blows my mind now that we can actually get four terabytes in two and a half inch form factor. Mm. That blows my The fact now that we've got SSDs that hold, you know, terabyte, two terabytes of data. Yeah. Don't trust SSDs anymore, though. No. I have one failed of the week. Really? They just completely catastrophically failed. Wow. They're potentially the um, bad solder joints on the uh, on the actual main controller of the, the thing. If I manage to reflow it, which I don't have the skill to do, um, then I could probably get my data off of it, but the entire drive is stone dead. Can it plug into a different PC? No. You can't, it, don't even, it doesn't even take power. The controller has failed. Oh, the controller on the drive has failed? Yes, it's failed. So I thought, that, you, I thought you meant the motherboard side of it. No, it's, it's, it's brown bread dead. Oh no! Um, admittedly, I have had that drive for a while, and I didn't follow any SSD care etiquette. Um, you know, leave X Y Z percentage of space free for um, where it's moving uh, data around to different sectors of the drive yeah. to keep uh, to keep. What's the words? The words I'm looking for. Basically, the life the lifespan of a drive of an SSD is horribly just cut. It. You can cut it in half, cut it to a quarter, based on how much data you leave free for um, read writes and moving shit around if that space is already full you are literally pounding the ever loving crap out of the last uh, few gigs yeah. on the drive which will then cause it to fail much faster than I'm oversimplifying because I can't yeah. think of a way to explain it but no I get what you're saying um, um, that's why I've now got I've now paying for off-site backups and everything yes I've, I, I've I would pay, do I feel I pay 8 quid a month for unlimited off-site backups is unlimited truly unlimited yes See, my only problem there is I still don't like storing data off off site. Um, it's just now I've got so much of it, and it's not because I want the case. If I want, to, I just think myself. If I lose a hard drive, I lose a heck of a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. So you know, you know, I've got a hard drive all my videos on. If I lose that, I lose everything. I've had drives. So like that. that's part. Of, that's the reason I've got offload backups. Is that I don't kind of use it very often, but it's there for when the worst happens mm-hmm. I've got a backup so yeah, it's like people who use iCloud and that I, um, iCloud and iPhoto and, and Google Photo. I don't use that yeah, kind of stuff worth, they're not value for money though um, no they're not but I don't like I say I don't use any off-site backups just because I don't find them particularly secure or safe no um, you are putting trust in the people out there but I don't I, even, I'd rather I'd rather put some trust in the people that they store off-site than if I lose it I lose everything sure I'd rather do that I, st- I would still that. prefer to have data on another drive and then move that off-site yeah but I've 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 gone down the route but I saw the cost of it the cost of backing it all up manually mm-hmm. um, it's just not it's just it costs you so much you know yeah. I could pay for like six years worth of storage off site for the cost of buying enough hard drives to back everything up. Agreed. And then if your house burns down, you've lost those drives as well. Yeah, sure. So well, not, if, not if you've moved them off site, but um, but but then if you move them off site, where 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 is off site? For me, I've got nowhere to move them off site to. Yeah, for sure. Well, I have a family house. Yeah, I haven't got but, that. So yeah. to me, I've got that's the same. That's one of the same. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. But no, well, I couldn't really go unlimited because I have easily. Mm, probably going over 20 terabytes now they've not complained about my 12 yeah but that's 12 that's not 20 and that's going up a lot um, near daily at this point it's actually probably more than that just I'm having to be incredibly conservative about what I do these days so I can't afford to keep uh, 
uh, uh, keep having or keep going out and buying new drives yeah. we figure I could probably fill as crazy as this sounds I could probably fill an 8 terabyte drive a month if I was doing things as I should hmm. 8 terabytes a month so I mean the last 8 terabyte drive we got in June uh, we had about a week left in June I probably maxed it out in 3 weeks that's pretty good so uh, offside backups might be a bit of a problem for me that it's and, still worth looking into that and BT would have an absolute hissy fit my ISP would have an absolute hissy if I yeah well, if you're doing that you've created that much data then yes I mean in my case it's a case of I've put an awful lot of stuff through for a quarter, over the course of a week mm-hmm. but then all it does is because it's quite good because it just looks at my drives and it just looks for differences yeah and looks for file changes but they keep actually key. I have to find out. I can't remember who they are. Who I can't remember the name of them. I'll find the name out for the next podcast. Spider. Can't remember now. Oh, yeah. um, but they actually will keep. I think it's two versions backed up. Mm-hmm. So you can roll back. Mm-hmm. Um, useful. Very useful. Um, so yeah, so they just back everything. But yeah. So it's, 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 only, it's once you've done your initial backup, mm-hmm. it's only stuff that changes or that's new that gets backed up to it. The only stuff I tend to protect these days is generally stuff I do for other people. My own stuff, and I have a very horrible um, kind of mindset with my own stuff, you could literally run shred on all of my own personal hard drives. I don't really care at this point. Yeah. Um, I've got too much data to be able to actually go back through and look at any one, or to find any one thing, uh, to be honest. even suppose in a way, for a lot of your, like your data to scan stuff, a lot of them effectively are backed up by YouTube. Yeah, 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 effectively. Well, I mean, those are very abridged versions of what I used to film these days, though I tend to just film for the edit. Yeah. Uh, once upon a time, I used to film like hours and hours and hours of footage that would then get cut down to like 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, these days, I don't tend to do that. I don't take pictures of, of the wife and kids that much. I just want, I've, I've got to the point where I just want to appreciate the moment rather than living it through my camera. Yeah. Um, I know, I see so many people these days with their camera out constantly in front of them, and it kind of creeps me out a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, enjoy that time rather than uh, filming it. Because nine times out of ten, you ain't gonna look back at it. No. So. No, I'm relatively. I ain't got many photos on my PC really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got. I mean, I've probably got a couple thousand. That's over the last like ten, twelve years. Yeah. So it's not that many really. I was just saying, I lost most of my photos between. Most of the photos I had between 1999 and 2004, a couple drive failures, and uh, some other bits and bobs. Um, I have too much data. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I've got got friends that still have photographs from back when we were teenagers, and that I don't have any of that stuff anymore. And honestly, I don't really care. (laughs) Fair enough. So, what it was, it would be nice to be able to look back at. I'm not the kind of guy that lives in the past. No. Um, whilst I do, like I said, like, like I, I did make a lot of videos and stuff like that and take a lot of photos, um, I'm not really interested in me. I'm more interested in documenting other people. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> cool. Um, so, moving on to other things. Yes. Yes. Um, so, I briefly mentioned in the last podcast that I'd picked up Warhammer 40k tabletop yep. again I've not since played a few games of it 
Yes. So I thought I'd have it all checked that. So cool. um, I won't go into the background of how I got into Warhammer. I've done a round rant about how I got into Warhammer, but, uh, so I'm not going to go into that. Sure. Um, so this is the eighth edition of the rules. Mm-hmm. The previous edition I played was sixth, so I've missed an edition because I sort of got out of it and got back into it again. Mm-hmm. And they have completely redone how the game works. What rule set was out back in as a guesstimate? 2000 third so, well that's the last rule that I, rule set I played yeah that was the one the, with the front cover was like all the space marines sound of like a massive mound of orcs around by orcs I think it was yeah yeah that's for, that's the edition I started with sure that's, that's the last one that's the one I started 99 on, yeah, right. yeah. Um, that was good because that's the one that came with all the because again that was a big rechange of how the game worked which is why the whole world came with a mini codex every race mm-hmm. and what they've done now is they've had to release what they call indexes, which has got every race. There's four four indexes. Mm-hmm. You've got um, two, you've got one for the Imperium. So you've got two for the Imperium because mm-hmm. so many Imperium-based things, and two for the Xenos. Mm-hmm. And you've got Chaos and one of the Imperium ones as well. So you buy the index and that should be in there again. They're like an abridged rule book. Sure. Um, so. The, Massive change to the game works. I mean, they've simplified it dramatically. Sure. So, in the old, I think, in the edition I last played, the, the example, the movement rules were about two, one and a half pages to two pages long. Mm-hmm. It's now less than a page. Okay, sure. It's eight pages. The entire, the entire base rules is eight pages long. Yeah, that's, that's quite cut back. So, are we... They've shrunk it down. They've summarised or simplified? Simplified. Completely simplified. Dramatically simplified. Okay, so when you said maybe they'd simplify, I don't know if maybe it was just easier to digest rather than... They have got rid of lots of the more fiddly rules. So, and they... You mean the ones that used to start punch-ups over the table because of... Yeah, you'd have to have a dice-off to decide what to do. Sure. Um, I I used to have a dice-off rather than have a punching match, but (laughs) each to his his own. No, what we Um, used to hear was, Blitzkrieg, and then you'd see someone just swipe across the table. (laughs) (laughs) No, it doesn't happen with our stuff. Uh, what they actually I'll give you the big the point of biggest change is how vehicles work mm-hmm. so in pre-edition of 40k vehicles had armour stats yep. you'd have a front armour side armour and rear armour mm-hmm. okay and depending on which way you shot them you would hit different armours and so forth and weapons would have to like you basically have to look at your weapon strength throw the dice add together if you equaled it you had a glancing hit if you beat it you had a piercing hit and they'd roll on a damage table. And the damage table would basically, on a piercing hit, you've got like a, on a four plus, you basically the vehicle's gone. Sure. And you effectively one shot. Yeah. The well, I did. I played against friends. Um, I set his t- I set my. I played Tau, and I sat my broadside, my sort of heavy anti-vehicle unit opposite, and he set a tank up on the hill opposite. And I sh- first turn rolled the dice, hit it, penetrated, blew it up, gone. Throw it. Didn't even get up chance to move. It was gone from the game in three dice rolls. There you go. Now, vehicles are just treated like any other units. They have a toughness value. Mm-hmm. They have wounds. So you knock off wounds. Um, so what they have added is all your weapons now have a damage characteristic. How much damage they do. Right. Most of them do one. Some will do D3. Some will do D6. Some do 2D6. Mm-hmm. Um, some do 2D3, weirdly. Okay. <laughs> so you get a number between two and six. Um, so now, so you can still take vehicles up quite quickly if you're lucky, but mm. it's a lot harder. Sure, um, which makes more sense because you know, big fucking heck out yeah. of the vehicle. 
but I do kind of miss being town just popping tanks off left right sure. and centre I do miss that um, so that makes more sense um, the way the attacks work in the old days you had a chart and you had to compare your weapon strength to the opponent's toughness and you'd have an old chart you used to work all out now it's a case of if your strength is equal to theirs you you, per, you, you injure them on a 4 plus mm-hmm. if it's greater to them it's a 3 plus if it's less then it's a 5 plus sure. simple simple straightforward rules it makes me wonder why perhaps they didn't do this sooner I know there's a lot of purists out there and there will be a lot of table flipping and and screaming and shouting but sometimes simplifying rules isn't a bad thing no I mean especially if it means that a game's going to flow a damn set because I remember playing a lot of tabletop games back in the day and you'd be sat there flicking through one book rolling grabbing another book Looking down another chart, I got this based on that, and then there'd be people, you know, and then you'd argue with how that rule actually worked. Playing 5th edition, which I played quite a lot of, Mm. there wouldn't be a game where at some point we wouldn't have to consult the rule book. Sure. At some point you'd have to. You got pretty good at knowing most of the top of your head, but occasionally occasionally you say, you can't do that. Yes, I can. Right, rule book time. Mm. Usually I'd be right. <laughs> I just have a good memory of rules. I'm just really good at memory rule book stuff, and I'm really good at remembering the wording as well. Sure. Um, I am a bit of a rules lawyer in that regard. Um, <laughs> but I think Troy was, he got so, the old ones got so bloated. Yes. Yeah. There were so many rules, everywhere, so many complicated rules, and the way they interacted was they used to have, every, they used to out like every sort of month on Eretta FAQ, which is questions people have asked and the answers, and they were getting ridiculous. Like, some of those are about. 10 pages long of mm. FAQ questions like okay if so and so does this is so and so unit what happens I was going to say did you often find that maybe uh, they'd get it wrong themselves so one week someone would ask the question and then a similar uh, uh, someone would ask a similar question phrased differently and they'd get a different answer um, because it was issued on a monthly fee they were, they were amalgamated so presumably they because basically you can ring up or well, I used to be able to you could ring up their normal sales line and you could just ask a rules question and they'd answer it for you <laughs> which is neat sure. um, and so you've got a rules dispute you could ring up and ask the, ask the question Christ. and okay, I've, I believe occasionally they'd pass you through to, I've, so I've heard although I don't try it myself occasionally if they didn't know they'd pass you through to the game designer well, <laughs> and if they don't know we're doomed yes, yes. Um, so, well there you go that's where table flipping and blitzkrieg yeah. is coming I never, I never have rung them up because usually I've managed to work out rules we discuss usually, I'm lucky people I play with are reasonable and if you discuss it yeah and usually what we used to always do is if we would usually like, at one point there's like five of us doing it we'd have one person's arbiter arbiter mm. arbitrator that's it who would basically have the final we would agree that that person would have final word on world disputes sure if we had one which worked quite well but by simplifying it making it a lot more basic and simple it means you can concentrate more on just picking your arms out and just having fun yeah um, some things they have that, so, so there's a major change the major change is the vehicles um, the way you know now for example if you used to the old day you didn't have ballistic skill and what, if you want to know how well it's shot, you'd have to look up a chart, and the chart would be 1 to 10. And so you look at this skill, if your skill was 4, you'd hit on a 3 plus. Yeah. If it's 5, you'd hit on a 2 plus. Now, your ballistic skill is 3 plus, 2 plus. They completely limit it, because it was a pointless step. Mm-hmm. It was completely pointless, and we always said it was pointless. Same with weapon skill now. Weapon skill used to have a look, you have to, you'd have to, in the old days, you have to compare a chart with your weapon skill against their weapon skill, and you'd then see 
where you were. Because the idea of sort of really good rapid skill, you'd hit not so well. Yeah, sure. Now it's just no, you heal, you heal on whatever you heal. Yeah. If you heal on a four plus, you heal on a four plus. Doesn't matter. Also, you can get modifiers and so forth. That modify the rules and so forth, which works mm-hmm. well. So, straight down bare bones, definitely plays a lot faster. Mm. It's a lot easier to pick up. It's going to be. I think part of the reason it is a, it's bloated like hell. Yeah. And B, it allows means that getting new players into it now is a lot easier. Yeah. Whereas in the old days, I've I've trained up new players, and you really have to start them small and basic and work them up quite gently. And you often find that people tended to they'd ha- they'd be enthusiastic for the first match or two, and then uh, things would start seeming a little bit too complicated for yeah. them, or too much of a time sink for them, and they find that they'd spend more time flicking through rule books than they would. Yes. It's okay once you've got the rules down, you're okay. But once they sort of like picked a race, and mm. basically, if you don't pick up space, if there's a starting player, if you don't pick anything but space marines, you're in for a world of hurt. Space marines are easy. Mm-hmm. They're designed to be an easy to follow army. They're designed to have an easy to follow rules. Everything's quite simplistic. Mm-hmm. They're, designed for, they're designed to be a beginner's army. Mm-hmm. They can still be, you know, if you're good with them, you can still have fun with them but they are a very forgiving army mm-hmm. and some people space players often get pissed off when you say that but it's true in games where mm-hmm. you can see that it's the beginner's army that's the whole point of them I'll be fair the first and pretty much only army I ever played in Warhammer 40k was space marines my first army was space marines mm-hmm. I had about 2000 points of space marines when I felt when I saw for over time the built up voice which is the towel mm-hmm. um, I used to towel because none of the other races really appealed to me I always did space marines today because they were the book. They were the units that came in the box. Mm-hmm. When you bought the box set, it came with Space Marines and Dark Elder, mm-hmm. and so of course I built Space Marines. Pay them shit. I literally used three colours: blue, silver, and green. As it was, that's, that was it. So once I saw Tower, I fell in love and bought Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say because Tower took a massive points hike mm. now. So Tower, literally, I agree. So to balance your armies out, you have points, mm-hmm. and each model has a points value. They've made this is weird. They've made that more complicated. They've managed to make it really unintuitive. Mm-hmm. So in the old days, you'd have a book and it'd say, "Okay, this unit costs X for costs X many points." Mm-hmm. And then you read the description. It said you consist of ten models, one of which is a sergeant, and so forth. You can add five additional models at this many points per model. You can have the following weapons at this many points per weapon and so forth, and you can have a maximum of two and so forth. Mm-hmm. It was all one entry, it was nice and easy to work through. Now, what you have to do is it just tells you this is what the unit consists of. Yeah. You have to go to the back of the book, look up the unit, look how many points it is, but that doesn't include weapons or war gear. So you have to go, what well, are they equipment? Okay, they've got. Um, Bolt guns, close combat weapons, frag grenades, and quark grenades. Okay, how much each of these costs? Okay, bolt guns are free, these are free, or they're all free in those cases. Or I've got storm bolters, they're two points each. Okay, so now I've got 10 models, two points, that's 20 points. So now this model is. And it's, it made that more complicated. Mm-hmm. So you look up a, like a. Oh, but I, when I first did I thought, oh, one of my the big tower is a Riptide battle suit. Well, what are those? Oh, they've had a price decrease. That was just for the bows, it wasn't for the weapons. Yeah, sure. And now it's a price increase, we had it all in. That's very counterintuitive and seems to be completely against the whole adding up. I don't know what was wrong with this is the unit, there's so many points it cost. And if you want to upgrade weapons, so much it costs you to do it. Mm-hmm. That seemed to me a lot more sensible. Sure. I sort of know, sort of know why they've done it that way. Because now when you buy a unit, 
off the shelf, you get this data card with it. Right. Which tells you what's got on it. Well, if the birth points value on there, potentially you would need the, you would need the codex. Ah. So I but then they could I'm sure they could have eliminated that on the you know, just not put the points values on there. Hmm. So it's it's a bit of a, a funny way they've done it that way. I'm not too keen on that. Um my towel, to be honest, I've had a massive price hike. Mm-hmm. Points hike. So my old I went through one of the t- the last old towel bar I played before I sort of dropped out. I had a fifteen hundred point army I took. I went through it, recalculated it. It came just shy of nineteen hundred points. It's got nearly a it had it nearly cost me nearly a third more points. I went, ow! Mm. One of my main units is one of my main models, which used to be eighty points all in, is now double that just for the model, not for its weapons. Mm. That was painful, me. It was like painful going through that. I'm gonna throw out there. It's it's all of the extra fluff in Warhammer. Again, not necessarily a bad thing, uh, if that was your cup of tea, that made me go Blood Bowl, and I preferred Blood Bowl, because Blood Bowl back then is basically, as you say, Warhammer now. It was really quick to pick up. Yeah. If you wanted to, there yeah. wasn't really a lot that you could argue about. You just got in, set up, and you played. Yeah. Simple. Simple rules. Yeah. Straightforward rules. Well, relatively simple. Um, you can still have a few fucking you can still have punch ups at the end of it yeah but probably a lot simpler than the main game because the biggest issue of the main game is uh, uh, each army will have its own set of rules tied to it yeah yeah for sure and it's when they interact with each other that they have problems um, yeah well Blood Bowl literally being fantasy football if you had um, Orcs versus Skaven there wouldn't be anything that I could do to negate the abilities of the Skaven. They would still be affected by the same... The, the, the random same rules that I had to, to use, like, you know, um, tackle zones and stuff like that. Just that Skaven would have, say, gutter runners, and gutter runners can run twice as far as any fucker else on the goddamn yeah. playing field, so you'd better make sure you could stop them or block them with, uh, you know, combining tackle zones nothing else you can really do about it or I don't know you've got a star player for the orcs that's a a cyborg roll anything over on one he's got a fucking chainsaw he's now started that chainsaw if you run into him or he runs into you you're instantly over I think more than over personally yeah well no because that wasn't that was just an initial like just an initial attack that wasn't actually going in for the kill because then you'd have to roll but then there'd be a multiplier applied to that so uh, you know, there wasn't really that much you could really argue about, and yeah. there wasn't really anything to say. Like, you know, as you were saying earlier, um, different armies, different rules, different effects. Then you'd have to like, if you were playing someone who had never played against your army before, you'd then have to explain different effects that you had versus yeah. Yeah. none of that in Bobble. Yeah, I also think sometimes when you explain some of the rules, you know, cause some of the rules are quite outlandish. Mm. I think when you used to explain to people, they look at you like you're making it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, by the way, this weapon does this, and they look and you go, and, and you get feel that they think you're lying, especially if they've never played against your uh, against your, yeah. you know, your and race if they're new or, as well, yeah, and they're used to knowing that hasn't got much. Money. I mean, spaces have got a lot of special rules, but in general, compared to some other races, they haven't quite got the outlandish rules. Mm-hmm. Um, the orcs, especially, have got insane rules. I mean, That's they're, my they're, they're, ball team, by the way. Yeah, orcs. Yeah. I was like, I played Orcs and War of Fantasy, and I nearly started an Orc Army 40k. Mm-hmm. 
um, because I was feeling my size second army mm-hmm. I need to start off 40k but I was, orcs are a horde army mm-hmm. means you learn lots of models and they were going to get very expensive yeah I mean I've got now I'm not just shy of 6,000 points of tell mm-hmm. that's a lot that takes up the entire table mm-hmm. that I lay them out um, and I, that I mainly got through some good eBay deals mm-hmm. I literally sold, sold their entire army on eBay and I got off 100 quid and then like I, got, I got 2,500 points worth of gear there so you see they've actually doubled what yeah, I so had like 100 pounds that was barely a couple of Razorbacks back in the day yeah, no, it's it's still an expensive it's still an expensive hobby. And one person in the comments has mentioned that Warhammer is mainly a miniatures company now, and that's true. They are basically a miniatures company. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the 40k. I do think the 40k, having now played a few games, this version 40k is one of the best ones they have produced. Yeah. Um, clearly, it's just very simple. It makes it so fun to play now. With it's, the exception of, uh, of of tallying up points for units, that's well, probably, is that yeah, the only bad thing you can that's say about? A bad, that is a bad thing for tallying. I don't know how it's fit to the other races. Sure. Um, Obviously, you just think it's, it's counterintuitive to the changes, yeah. All out for the, yeah. For the, um, the I know why I've done it because some of the weapons that the tower now have are now a lot, it's always a lot more deadly mm-hmm. than what we used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's obviously balanced reasons, but I think that because they've had to readjust every race really quickly, you know, they've had to redo, I think there's 14 races right in time for the release. That's a lot to do very quickly, so I've wondered if that's when we actually get our proper codex, whether things will change. Sure. I know the Space Marines one is the book you get with the, the you get basically the books full Space Marines and the thing, which is about a mini version, which only got the units you've got on the table. Mm-hmm. And the points by that don't match the proper codex, so they've obviously jousted a few things okay. since the codex got released, because codex came afterwards, sure. which is the proper release. Things have adjusted obviously slightly, so. They are obviously going to rebalance it. I think they will rebalance Tau. But now you'll see people basically swearing Tau broken. You need to basically play a certain force type on there and so forth. Um, although I think that's more because of the site I was reading. Mm. They all say, oh yeah, this is what you should have. Just commanders and drones. That's all you should have. Commanders and drones and you'll get through everything. That's not fun to me. I'd rather pick an army that's a bit of a mixture of things. It's less competitive because mm-hmm. it feels more in keeping with the fluff, mm-hmm. and yeah. I'll have more fun with it. Yeah, I'll put this. And I've gone a few other places and sites, and there's a really good site for Tau called Advanced Tau Tactica, and it's it's really a good site, and mm-hmm. it's a form that's got lots of people written big, massive articles and all the unit types and how you should play them, all the things you can do with them, and so forth. There's a lot of discussion, and they should be using a mixture of units. So. Mm-hmm. I just get a feeling that one site's basically a few people have had the idea of what you do and they've just all like browbeat everybody else well, doing it you don't, you don't really want to limit yourself because as no. you say that's going to get really boring really fast yeah and but, why if you're investing time and money into this game the last thing you want to do is suck out half of the fun yeah and if you're going okay if you're going to a tournament then yes you probably want to bring an ultra competitive army because you do you're, at that point you're trying to win mm-hmm. But playing the intimates, just pick an army that's fun. Mm-hmm. Pick put units in there that even if they don't aren't, aren't what the best com- the best unit you can put on your table, then mm-hmm. not the optimum configuration. You pick the ones you if like. Look, not yeah, the if ones it looks cool, and it's fun. Do it. That's it. You know, just have some fun with it. Yeah, and those units they're like sniper drones. Say, oh, don't bother taking them. Then people say, well, take it. But if you mix them up, in the case of Tau they're a synergy army you know you need to mix and match them so yeah. someone is probably very deadly if you synergise them properly because mm-hmm. um, space means are forgiving yeah, space means you can all the units are pretty much the same 
there are a few various they'll forgive you don't have to synergize too much but tell you have to synergize mm-hmm. so that's one of 40k yeah. good so, rerun good um, so it's a thing didn't they say the blood bowl oh yeah fancy uh, yeah I've got I um, might pick that up I was going to pick that up for you cool I thought I'm fighting around for a game nah no, um, uh, we haven't mentioned about warmer fantasy uh, yeah basically warmer fantasy they've, re- they've rebooted that completely and there are a lot of not very happy people oh. they have it's it's complete they've re- pretty much redone all the lore mm. Um, all the backgrounds it's completely, virtually completely changed the entire the way the whole game works it's completely changed it's, it's to the point where even I love to think that's just not what I am anymore they've literally sad, sad. yeah mm. it's called Age of Sigma and it's sort of like set like after basically the world comes the Warhammer world comes to an end mm. an apocalyptic end and this is like what come after oh okay so yeah but all the races have been renamed do you think in that case people are just going to play the old versions and then People will play the old version. All the way, all the armies and stuff are still there. Mm. They've just all been renamed now, and they've been re- done. so Empire's not called Empire anymore. I can't remember what they're called now, but yeah, it's very sad what they've done to Warhammer Fantasy. But I feel like people worried about 40k, but they've just been sensible. They did that one right. They've done that one very. Uh, right. Do you think they could, uh, anything to do with sales numbers? Oh yeah, like 40k. 40k. Oh, 40k outsells Warhammer by quite a lot. Sure. Um, I think calls which is weird because I used to prefer Warhammer Fantasy over 40k mm. um, well I've never played Fantasy Fantasy I had uh, some did I no I didn't I don't think I had any Fantasy was a lot more you had to be a lot more tactical Fantasy so your units marched as regiments mm. and they'd have a forward facing and they'd have flanks they'd have a rear so you could do like flank charges and that'd be a big thing so a flight, you used to get a leadership bonus for every rank you had mm-hmm. so if your leadership was like 8 and you had 2 ranks you'd, you'd go up to like 10 mm-hmm. or 3 ranks because you'd want first rank so your front rank then that would go up to say 10 but if you got charged on the side you lost that bonus so when it comes to close combat that could make a big difference with leadership if you play like I did which was Skaven mm-hmm. who leadership 5 and you have to do a leadership test on 2d6 and you have to roll below that number mm. on 2d6 ranks are very important to you you need them so you have to really guard your flanks so yeah they made a lot Fantasy is definitely a lot more Warhammer 40k was always more fast paced mm-hmm. but no one is tactical as Fantasy Fantasy was a lot more tactical hi Charlie um, which but I think that's basically a lot of people just oh, so I think people in general prefer, much prefer no big you know big shooting because Fantasy was there wasn't a lot of shooting in Fantasy you had you got the things like sort of traditional sort of like medieval style for a tabletop it wasn't as action packed no definitely not it was still fun she had magic and fantasy then they introduced psychics into Warhammer 40k and had a proper psychic phase and it's just like oh that's just a little bit Warhammer 40k is definitely the more bang bang poo poo shooty version and fantasy is a little bit more tactical which actually, I must be over. I probably preferred fantasy, mm-hmm. but as far as I know, everybody plays 40k. Sure, I think that's part of the reason they reboot fantasy so hard was because everybody was basically it was it was dying off. Um, they've got with a lot of their old game series. We used to do um, let's see, Battlefleet, Battlefleet Gothic, mm-hmm. which was their sh- spaceship game. They got with that. Um, you had Epic 40k, mm-hmm. which was 40k, but the scale where is at the moment. 
model a model's about 30 mil high these are 10 mil high mm. so you had massive battles but having said that it played very simple to 40k just that oh no I've got a little my, yeah. I use it whole, use whole, use whole units at a time um, they also bought one called Warmaster which is a very interesting version that was the fancy version of 40, Epic 40k mm-hmm. um, that was quite that was what I never played it but I read through the rules and that was quite fun because you could basically have to do like command roles mm-hmm. and potentially you could move like your regiments further sure um, you had Blood Bowl Love Blood Bowl Mordheim which was their skirmish one yeah, um, I played that one, didn't Yeah. Um, which was the 4K version of Basic Mordheim. Yeah. Inquisitor, that was a good one. That was a bigger scale. I think played that one as well, didn't he? Uh, if he did, I don't remember him saying it. Okay. Plus he did, but I don't remember him saying it to me. Inquisitor used bigger models. I like mm. used 54mm models. So they're bigger scale. And that were played more like an, it was meant to play more like an RPG, like a role-playing game. Mm-hmm. So you meant to have a game master. You know, the free people or game master, yeah. and everything. And that was the only, as far as we was the only Warhammer game that was based on D10 rather than D6. Everything was like percentage based, so you sure. got two D10s and it was a percentage based system, and all is a lot more in depth. So, and it was designed to be more cinematic, right? So, you could say, I want to shoot the barrel next to the guy, and then the game master could say, Well, okay, that full of flame and liquid and do stuff like that. And sure. Yeah, it's not the cinematic. But nearly all of those are gone. Um, basically, all you've now got is... Oh, I've got a call the Hobbit. Hobbit Battle Game. That was really good fun. The Hobbit Game was actually really well done. Never mind. Uh, that was really good fun. I bought. I had all the box sets for that. Cause they bought, they launched a box set for every film. Um, not, not Hobbit, the Lord of the Rings sure. Battle Game. They launched a box set for every, for every film that came out. That basically expanded the previous one. Uh, yeah, yeah that, was, that was really good fun. Um... But I think that's still going. But yeah, other than that, so now, but now you've got is basically Warhammer Fantasy or Age of Six Moses now, 40k and the Hot and the Lord of the Rings Battle Game. That's all you've got now. ATR has been pretty much discontinued. Well, they have, they have now re-released Blood Bowl, which is interesting. So, pick that up. How was uh, uh, Blood Bowl and the Death Bowl expansion? Was it not? Was it Death Bowl? I don't remember what it was yeah. called. Now there was an expansion. I had the original Blood Bowl and the expansion. I don't know a lot about Blood Bowl because Blood Bowl was gone by the time I started they discovered Blood Bowl quite early on mm. and that was pretty much gone by the time I got properly into Warhammer oh ok cool I was, I was playing, playing Blood Bowl back in high school yeah so um, no. I actually got that kind of I guess on the on the tail end of it because by the only place in town that sold <laughs> Blood Bowl ended up getting robbed and went out of business Oh no! So uh, after that point, there was nowhere I could get Blood Bowl stuff in this oh, town. No. Blood Bowl wasn't exactly cheap. Anyway, There's but. only one place in our town that sells Warhammer. Right. Um, it's a shop called Anatar up near. Bills. Oh right, yeah, the head yeah. shop. Yeah, I try to ignore that part of it. Yeah, yeah. I was in there the other day. It's sort of like I go there for Warhammer stuff. There's two people in front of me buying bowls. Yeah, it's it's weird that they're stocking it, but then again. Um, I don't know they've, they've, they do lots of sort of shall we say new agey stuff there it's a bit of a weird a thing. lot of alternative crowd stuff and yeah. uh, a, a lot of a lot of folks that are into that kind of stuff do actually play a lot of stuff like Warhammer yeah. D&D um, you know play different trading card games they do quite like well there I think War does quite well there for them and they do tramps off all the models as well which is neat yeah I know it's good I, um, I go there generally um, 
because I like supporting a local business. Yeah, for sure. And it's nice to be able to just go and get the models and go straight ahead and build them. Mm-hmm. That's quite nice. Um, we've just had a comment. Um, someone says, I enjoy the total aspect of Warhammer. There's, there's nothing quite like in dropping a high time 40k near my opponent, to go, making my opponent go, oh dear. <laughs> I've had those moments. Clearly, Space Marines got drop pods in 5th edition, and they literally can just drop pod in front of your entire army. My army says I'm going to be a shooty army, not a close combat army. <laughs> that was just like, I might as well just quit the game now. Moment. Um, although, the, when, when, I, when I took my friend on, I basically used to use marker lights. I basically have, have laser sights, and they can mark light up an enemy unit, and you can do, and then you could use, you could spend the marker lights to do things. And one of the things you could do was remove cover, mm-hmm. save, so you could drop save, and you could do like not one off for each cover save, increase your, your shooting ability. So I had a friend who had a tank, and he literally popped smoke to put it into cover, and I just marked him up, and I literally, all my models, I said, right, I'm going to eliminate that cover save immediately. And, oh, by the way, this unit, this unit that gets to re-roll failed to hit... That's now going to hit on a two plus, and if it misses, it gets re-rolled it. And it's one of those points where then I imagine your friend going right. I want to see the rule book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. Obviously, the rule book. There you go. That's how they work. Right. <sighs> Put it up close. Read it. Read it over many a times, and then bam, you're out. <laughs> yeah, those moments were fun. Mm. But then you play against an arm, it's like, okay, that's my army gone now. He's Good got time. to he's got to my work front lines, I'm dead now. Yeah. Right, so <laughs> moving on to other moving on to other news. Um we better keep it brief because we've probably been going on now for over two hours. God damn. So we better for such a brief in fairness, most of that is me bumbling on trying to explain a Dynasty Warriors game that isn't a Dynasty Warriors game, hey, hey. Well let's not go back over it. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of news. Um, first bit of news you picked up was your favourite company, IGN. Uh, rest in peace, humble bundle. Yeah. IGN have I, has it has it already gone through or is it something happening in the future? I've seen it as they have. I have assu- I assumed it's already a thing. Yeah. IGN have bought out humble bundle. Uh, the, the well, so it's a weird thing. So I thought Home Bundle was a, like a charity organisation that wasn't necessarily set up to be bought out. That's kind of what I thought too. Like, oh, hey, look, you know, you you get all these games on the cheap. You give a percentage to um, uh, a selectable percentage to charity of choice. Yeah. Uh, selectable percentage is usually a damn sight less than what you give to the charity to the developer, and then a percentage to uh, Humble Bundle. To be administrators yeah. and so forth and maintain everything. Now, IGN have started to dip their fingers in, and I swear I was seeing the screenshot. I've, I think it might have even been last night, and it said, in so many words, give money to IGN. I was like, why would I do that? I want you to go out of business. So, uh, humble monthly subscription, gone. Uh, and I know a lot of people have said, no, we're not. Uh, we're not going to carry that one on and Humble uh, Humble Bundle is basically effectively dead to us. They <laughs> said, could you imagine in a couple of weeks' time like in the DRM free copies are just going to disappear completely <laughs> off the site. But, uh, no, Humble Bundle officially dead as of yesterday. Yeah, like yesterday or a couple of days ago. 
I saw it on the new. I saw it on the thing. I think about this morning. I think I saw it. Mm. But I don't go on IGN very often until all the news here from the sea sort of thing. So the, the the question is, will so we already know. I won't be paying for it. I won't be paying Humble Monthly anymore. Mm. I will probably not be going to Humble Monthly anymore. For, well, in fairness, the last couple of bundles have been absolutely dog shit. Um, so, will you be still paying for Humble Monthly? I'm in two minds because mine does go to a charity. Yeah. And as long as you can still select how much goes to the charity, mm. then if I think of all that goes to the charity, then I didn't get a penny then at that point. Mm. And there's all in the in the case of the moment there's always been something I've got out of it that's to my mind's made it worth it mm-hmm. so I'm in two minds about it at the moment I feel one of these probably just see what happens mm-hmm. and maybe change my mind a little while down the line see what happens see what I think and go I'm going I'm, gonna, I'm not one to just go oh, I'm just not going to touch it anymore I'm not mm-hmm. sort of but I like to see oh, I'll see what happens if it goes bad then I'll go you know what I'll move away from it looking at the next humble monthly Elder Scrolls Online that's definitely me out yeah I mean I w- you'd have to pay me to take that game I'm not giving them £12 of my money to, to have a game that I absolutely hate yeah. and as I said the last few the last few bundles have been absolutely crap the book bundles have been absolutely crap and um, the monthlies have not been great uh, for yeah. me so for me it hasn't been worth it for quite a while yeah. And now that they've partnered up with IGN, it just kind of gives me a reason to cut loose. Yeah. Um, if there was actually, if there was more, if there were more games on that list that I actually wanted, mm. I mean, even their sales recently, I've been like, I'm not going to buy those. The, the, the deals on Steam are usually better. Yeah. Um, or go to Bundle Stars and get a slightly better deal a couple of days after Humble Bundle and Steam are finished. Yeah. So... I'm going to sort of see what happens mm-hmm. I'm sort of going to prepare for it but I may I must have, I sort of thought it was like oh IGN bought it yeah. um, so I'm just going to see and go from there can I also just throw out there in my defence it's not off I play games no I've been buying these games monthly now for well quite a while about the same time as you How long was that I think I said to you about it that's when you joined up yeah um I don't think I've played many, if any, of the games from Humble Monthly. I've played, I would say, of all the every month, I play like two or three of them, mm-hmm. and the cost of those games is, is more than what the bundles cost me. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, I've got money's worth. Yes. Yeah, in fact, some of the games, uh, in fact, two of the games I've done let's plays on mm-hmm. are games that okay. I got in the bundle and. I said I wouldn't have bought I might not have bought them if I put them in the bundle and I've played games that I would probably never bought mm-hmm. so and that, I liked it because it's made me it's when it comes to me spending money mm-hmm. I'm very much well no I'm not going to something I'm very much I'm, surprisingly enough I can be quite bad like oh I'm not sure I'm going to buy that I'm not going to buy that mm-hmm. and a lot of games like yeah that game's five months now but Am I ever going to probably enjoy it? Probably not. I won't punch mm-hmm. it. Because it's come the bundle, I've picked it up and I've played it. I've drawn it. Off-world trading company. I would never have bought that game. Mm-hmm. But because it came in the bundle, I got it, I played it and enjoyed it. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's expanded my game horizons. Yeah, for sure. A little bit. So, and whilst I would agree with you, um, I don't find Humble Bundle has done that for me. 
I find that gaming on Linux has done that for me and yeah. gaming on Nintendo Switch has done that for me. Yeah. Because in the case of Linux, I haven't had access to as many games as I normally would have. So you've had to expand. Yeah, so it's been like, oh, hey, that game's available on Linux. Eh, not really something I'd normally play. Pick it up. Oh, it's not actually that bad. Yeah. Or uh, same, with the, same with the Switch. Uh, we bought Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. Whilst I love the Dragon Ball series, I haven't played a Dragon Ball game since the PlayStation 1 days. Mm. Picked this one up and was like, oh, actually, this is, uh, this is pretty fun. Um, or it was a 50 quid drop right on the spot for a game that I may not have liked. But it turns out it was actually really, really, really good. Yeah. So. That's good. Um, but Humble Bundle, mm, I don't know. I'll probably, if. What I would like to see, I'll, I'll, what I would, what do I? Cancel. See how they handle everyone running off. You know, what yeah. they're going to do is the ship is sinking. And uh, depending on how it goes from that point yeah. on. If it, if they leave it as it is and let Carol do what it's doing so that they now own it, then fun. Mm-hmm. You know, no problem at all. But if they start, you know, perhaps changing, perhaps getting rid of the fact that you can donate anything to the charity, that would mm-hmm. be a bit of a thing. I mean, in some ways, in some ways, it could potentially mean they can give more to charities because obviously they've now got a massive company backing it up, whereas Hong Kong yeah. had to pay for itself. Mm-hmm. Now they've got a massive company backing up everything. Mm. Potentially, potentially um, perhaps I'm perhaps perhaps I'm being too generous here. They might go, well, we just don't. We'll cover the overheads. Then you don't need to worry about that anymore. We'll cover that. You just mm. let the money, more money, go to charity. We'll see. It does kind of worry me though, as well, that um, could it now get to the point now that they're not? It's not them themselves running the business. Before, it was kind of a lot more free. Whereas now corporations have started dipping their fingers in. Who's to say, you're not really making us any money. Albeit you are kind of, for, you are there for the sake of charity, gaming for the sakes of charities. Yeah. Buy, you're not making enough money. Yeah. And then off it goes. I suppose it depends how they see it. If they see it as a money-making exercise, then they probably... Well, I don't think they're actually doing it for the fucking sake of their health. No. No, or for goodwill either to be fair IGN of all people yeah we'll see I think, I think it's going to be watch and see and see what happens sure um, so the other little bit of news is um, basically I can't today because I've been a bit out of the loop on this because the sort of games that affected I don't really play very much of because mm-hmm. many multiplayer okay. um, but it was the headline was about the ESRB which is the European ent- European Standards of Basically, their games body yeah. that rates games. Um, Peggy, is it the ESRB, Peggy, and what's the, what's U- the um... UK or something? UK. There's a UK equivalent. Sure. They don't actually rate games, but they are still involved in the industry. And they've basically, um, Peggy. yeah, Peggy is a sort of like pan European game. Yes, yeah, Peggy, ESRB, and ESRB do the actual ratings. Mm. Peg are the ones who go around and say, okay, this game's got this in it, this game's got that in it. You know, this game contains violence, this contains strong language, this game contains racial, and that sort of thing. They put that yeah. on it, but they're not actually like a ratings guide. Whereas ESRB says, well, this is a 15 rated game, this is an 18 rated game. Mm-hmm. And individual countries obviously implement it how they do. Because um, we usually use, I think most of the games in the UK come to, I thought came under BBFC, but I don't think that exists anymore. I thought I'm sure games used to come under BBFC, British Board of Film Classification. 
Not sure off the top of the street. So, anyway, mm-hmm. um, they are the news articles. They followed a ruling that the American version of the rating system, which I'll come to what it's called, mm. have said that loot crates or loot boxes mm. are not considered gambling because there are some people. So you know what a loot box is. Yeah. Well, you buy a loot box and you get four random things out of it. Mm-hmm. There are some people who are apparently trying to complain and trying to restrict games using them by claiming they're a form of gambling because obviously gambling is very heavily regulated in America. Mm. And now, was if they got a game rated as gambling, mm. it ultimately achieve a mature eighteen plus certificate. Yeah, which in America is a big thing because in America it means you then can't be sold and things like while the places won't stock them. Yeah, places like Walmart will not stock an eighteen rated plus game. Mm-hmm. Um, because basically the only things that fall in the are things like pornographic films mm-hmm. most games sit at 17 mm-hmm. they're just below it and I think the idea was if they get classed as gambling then people would then ultimately get this sort of which means that games would have to take them out because otherwise they wouldn't get into any shops mm-hmm. what they have said in America is they've decided but they don't consider it gambling because in their mind for gambling you have to have the risk of losing something Mm. with a loot crate you always get something it may not be quite what you wanted as a random chance but you always get something but it's always going to poke that kind of addictive part of your brain whereby you're not if you don't get what you want you're not going to stop dropping money for something you don't really need but if it's a case of you open a loot crate nothing's in it that then be falling definitely onto the realms of gambling Mm. so a lottery you don't always win something lottery no. Generally, you lose. Most casino games, generally, you lose. Mm-hmm. You may win occasionally, you may have a running streak, but generally, you lose. That's why it's gambling. Whereas this argument is no, actually, we've decided because you always, you're guaranteed to get something. Have they said at what point or what age limit, what is the minimum age bracket for games with loot boxes in? Well, there? they've basically said they're happy with how it is, they're happy with how the system is at the moment. So basically, there's no. So what you're saying is we could put loot boxes in for a game design for a five-year-old. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in a, in a fair way, how many like mobile games have microtransactions in it? Which is exactly no, that. Fucking all of them. Exactly, and it's disgusting. Yeah, which targeted you... marketing for children. Yeah, and basically, there's exactly that. So, with all the sort of European ones following suit, saying actually, yeah, we agree with that logic. We agree with that following. Um, it sort of brought the sort of debate to hold because I mean Luke Crace were first I think the first people that actually did it properly was actually Spies and Valve mm. who put him in TF2 mm-hmm. but from what I understand everything you got on those was cosmetic only yeah um, and I think most people I don't think a lot of people necessarily disagree or have a massive argument against if it's cosmetic stuff so it doesn't affect the gameplay but now there are games out there which are, I think it's Balfour where you're going to actually potentially get like better weapons and stuff out of them yeah that's when it becomes a problem no, so it is EA yeah, so it doesn't surprise that doesn't surprise me at all and I was taught they're now going to end up in some single player games are going to have loot crates in them <laughs> which doesn't make sense single <laughs> yeah <laughs> doesn't make sense at all <laughs> so I just thought it was interesting the reasoning behind it um, uh, I think loot crates are ooh, Careful. I know, I'm not really sad, Charles. I'm not, you know, you think it's retarded too, don't you, mate? I hate loot crates. You know, I think they're crates. awful. I know. I paid for ones, I didn't even get a dog biscuit out of it. I know, how horrible is I that? I got a cat biscuit. I want the cat biscuit, I want the dog biscuit. 
So I had to go But it's a rare one. drop. <laughs> Crazy, does Got it? a bonio instead. What you wanted was a pork chop. Yeah, that's a rare drop. Yeah, so that's what I'm sure thoughts on Luke Crate's wife. No, I guess what your thoughts are. You've probably seen thoughts to me. It's, I think they are they're bad. They're ridiculous. They, they, ha- they have no place in modern gaming. Yeah. They, they just don't. Um, loot crates. I, I personally consider it as close to gambling as you can get. Mm. And uh, it's manipulative and disgusting. Yeah. Knowing full well that there are going to be people out there who cannot resist putting down that extra cash to buy yeah. the extra thing. Um, for the chance to get something that they don't need, there will be people out there who will bankrupt themselves yeah. to uh, to get the random hats or the random gun skin or whatever. We did have all of that joke about um, was it the the CS:GO gun skin lottery sites back in the day where people were basically gambling on skins. Yeah. Uh, whilst it may sound stupid to spend money on a skin or something like that and whilst I have say put some money in I don't know like uh, like some collector's editions will come with a rare skin or whatever Um, the idea that this isn't a bad thing um, that that, that, people people don't have to they want they'll have more control or whatever all these mobile games marketed to children with microtransactions in them while the parents should be paying attention to what the kids are doing. True for all these crazy children that are like fucking £50, £50, £50 on microtransactions for coins or whatever in-game currencies. Sure, the parents should be paying attention to that kind of stuff. However, the companies shouldn't be designing games focused around these items they no. know the people are going to want them they know it's an easy way to make money yeah I mean I've got no massive objections to things that give cosmetics mm-hmm. stuff that doesn't affect the game particularly affect other people it's when stuff starts coming out of them that gives somebody an advantage mainly because they've just simply paid extra money for mm-hmm. and you're going to pay to win territory yeah. that's when I object to them because to be that's that's not all because then you basically say okay you paid, 40, you paid 50 40 pounds for this game but that guy there paid 50 pounds he paid 40 pounds and he spent 10 pounds on it because he's got the random drop yeah he's not going to he's not going to beat you because he paid more money on it you should have spent more money on it yeah that okay. that's what I dislike it I'm not so worried I'm, but you are right there is there could be some protection against edit facilities mm-hmm. maybe a limit to how many you can buy mm-hmm. Maybe a limit to what's on the what you can odds in the game, mm. um, stuff like that. I think you need to think about. But I'm in sort of two months. But once they start getting to single player games, that's a problem for me. Yeah, no need for it. There's no. there's no there's no place for them in single player games. Yeah, that's just um, that's just taking. What annoys me is why can't they just say right? Why don't they just do what Destiny did? If we're going to go that kind of route, even for just cosmetics. Here's the shop. Yeah. Here's the list of things. Pick one. Yeah. Just let people buy what they want yeah. if they want it. 
Because does Destiny have a loot crate system? Uh, it, I don't think it has a crate system, but it does have a shop where you can go and buy um, Engram. Is it Engram? I can't remember what they call it. It's been so long since I played Destiny, but you can buy um, different armor colors, different emotes, and things like that. And you can buy those with real money. Um, but you just see it, and there is a price, and you pay it. Um, one other thing I have a gripe with is when we start masking things value, whatever this thing is, that's what it things values, with points oh, or yeah, random yeah, number. Yeah. So this is however many... Xbox points. Yeah. Rather than this is how much it actually costs. That, in my opinion, should be fucking illegal. Particularly as you can never buy the right amount of points to buy it. So they always cost things like this cost you 2,600 points the minimum amount of points you can buy is 5,000. Yep. So I can't buy two of them I can only buy one and then I'm short 100 points. Uh, that's that's just a dick move because it's actually it's hiding how much it's actually costing you. Yep. It's forcing you to I mean whatever those systems work you always know you will end up with more points left over which yep. you've, spent, you've spent money on Yep. that you can't use. See, I had that a while ago with uh, Final Fantasy XIV. I can't remember what their currency is, but basically you pay real money to get their MISC shop currency, which you can then use to pay for game subscription time. Yeah. So if you want to play Final Fantasy XIV, you have to have a subscription. But the method that I like to pay with was not actually a subscription um, uh, uh, a method that you could use to pay for a subscription. But you could use it to pay for these points. Yeah. So I, to get the subscription link that I wanted, I'd then find myself paying over the odds for these points Then I would have done if I just paid outright for the subscription. Yeah. Just to have enough points to pay for the thing and then have like 500 left over or whatever. Yeah. No, points versus are oh, the scourge and it's... There's you can never, there's no way you can justify that to me. Um, you know, okay, you're patching serious for something that you can earn in game. Mm-hmm. You can that's, you can certainly justify it then, but then don't let people buy odd amounts that they can only they can't use. Just do. What, I mean, Microsoft tried to claim that Xbox points. The reason they used them was because they were easier. What's easier than I go on Steam? Oh, it's 79p for that. Okay, I'll buy it. How's that They, they started that out, actually. They started their point system out with their MP3 store, the Zoom music store. I don't think it was on the, um, the Xbox as yet. Um, but if you wanted to buy a song on the Zoom music store, you had to pay for it in points, not in actual currency. Yeah. Like real-world money. You had to pay for it with their fancy magic monopoly money or whatever it was so you thought you were getting a good deal because the number of points was lower than say let's say it was it's 50 points on the zoom store but it's 79p on the iTunes store so you're like oh I'm getting a better deal on the zoom store yet you actually have to pay more than 79p to get the, the 50 points yeah for the cheap practices bad marketing tactics don't do it yeah no it just pisses um, people off Mm. it's not only a case of just pissing people off I just think it's taking advantage of people yeah um, it needs to stop yeah it is yeah it's it, it, 
it's one of the things that it's, I think it's going to get worse or I think it's going to get worse and it's going to crash hopefully so, the trouble is though I see too many people these days can't talk with their wallets yeah um, so many people are so worried about missing out that they will buy into bad trends just to be part of the crowd yeah but um, I think it will crash at some point people will just go no it, I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better mm-hmm but you know, I think it's going to get to the point where they are literally trying to suck out your blood before people realise this is a bad thing. Yeah, I reckon subscription-based single-player game. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, something like that's going to happen. And I mean, well, Adobe managed it with Premiere Pro. Don't, don't, you, don't Adobe, my. We stuck with CS6. And then as soon as they wound me up with that, I went for Linux and free software. It is largely Adobe's fault that I moved over to Linux. There you go. That is it. So there you go. I've said it on a podcast. It has now been recorded. I hope you're happy with yourself, Adobe. I hope you're happy with yourself. See, that, that's, the, that's the thing for me. If, if, if something doesn't fit my workflow or it doesn't do things in the way that I want, I'll just bin it. Um, that's the same, the same thing with Humble Bundle same with loot boxes and loot crates if I don't see any benefit in it I'll just kill it with fire Adobe Microsoft Apple and then if Linux down the road starts doing the same thing get rid of that too I'll get a BSD or Commodore Basic who gives a fuck <laughs> yeah. I'll be using OS2 OS2 yeah. yeah wow OS2 I'm going to start using Amiga OS why not? Next step. One of the cool black computers. Right. Unix operating system. Hey, go back. All Forget about Linux. Go back to Unix. Let's go back to Unix. Yeah, let's do that. Go get one of them big old, um, one of them big sun fucking uh, 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 supercomputers on their servers they had back in the day. I have to sit there with a terminal to access my little real real tape machine. Punch cards. Next time you'll come through and we do on the podcast through punch cards. <laughs> Right, like, yeah. Before we can stream, before we stream RAM, I need to just put through. I've got, I've just got the punch card in the program. And so it turns out we've got, got like a big rack of yeah, punch cards. Yeah, it's twenty five pounds. We need to put them in the right order. Don't wait. Shit, did we put which one did we just put in? No, I just lost the place. Yeah, start Do again. you know that the punch cards where the term patch comes from? Because <laughs> if they had faulty code on the punch card, rather because also these come like big, like you'd have more like stuck together, so mm-hmm. you pull from the machine. If they've made a mistake and they need to change a couple of the punch card codes, they give you a bit of well, they give you a bit of tape to stick over yeah. the holes. That's same with them. Same with splicing in film. Yeah, that's where the term, that's where the term patch comes from. Yeah. Good old punch cards. Yeah. I always, want, I, I always want to go programmers with punch cards to see. That'd be, that'd be neat to play with, wouldn't it? Just for well, a laugh one. We programmed in Fort, uh, Fortran. Fortran. We and did that, Fortran, Pascal, and. Fortran, Pascal, and Java when we got to university. Yeah, mm. yeah. Everybody hates Java. Java and Java. I'm, I'm now part of a programming subreddit, and everybody on there hates Java and JavaScript. They all hate it. Good. Um, Why are they teaching that so much these days? I get it, it's a very popular language for people to learn, but please let it die. Can we well, move I suppose on? it's an easy to learn language, but I'd argue C Sharp is an easy to learn. I, mm. I suppose the moment my Java has got is completely free. Whereas C Shop is proprietary, mm. so you know Java ones on premium will want to make things. So, but, um, 
It's Java. <laughs> yeah, it is Java. Is it, look, what, what other arguments do I need? It's Java. Yeah. Hey, Java. Yeah. Do you actually have a proper argument for this? It's Java. <laughs> Java spawned JavaScript. That's all you need yeah, to know. Yeah, that's it. Look yeah. at where we are now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> there, there. <laughs> it's alright. Right. Java doesn't really exist. It's all made up. So I'm sure your TV is the one on Java. <laughs> That's the scary thing. You do know that there's some there's gonna be several things in this house that probably run on Java. Usually things that are probably broken. Yeah. Uh, gonna be selfies themselves. I ha- I had on um, on one of my other browsers. I have uh, no script running. So Java, JavaScript, none of it, Just none of it. Tried to load up Twitch TV earlier today. <laughs> nope. YouTube. <laughs> Okay, so, oh yeah, what about oh. Hello. What about what about this random forum? No. <laughs> I was fine, so I thought YouTube switched to HTML5 for its video stuff. Yeah, the the comment section though. That's still on Java. Yeah, I think the comments are still in oh, Java. Nicely done, Google. Well then what are the Why other things? Why do dogs keep licking my legs? Because reasons. The other thing that annoys me with um uh YouTube is that even if, if you're not signed in you have to kind of click that agreement thing have you seen that thing like um, how you how Google will track you or whatever yeah or um, you have to give us permission to do XYZ and you can go through and select various levels fuck that gets on my nerves if you go to YouTube and you're not signed in you still have to click through that agreement it's like will you not just fuck off mm. just let me view the fucking videos no, 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 Google company, you have to agree to our terms of service before you even sign up. It's like, fuck you. Mm. With another reason why I'm trying to move away from Google. Google. I, I just, if you don't do things my way, and I get you're a big company and you're providing a free service, fuck off. I don't have to bend to your will. You need me to make your service profitable. I don't need your service to exist. Well, there you go. That's it. Am I the only one that thinks like that these days? Um, yes. Oh, okay, cool. Just that is pretty much why the world is going the way it's going. I think it's to be said, we've got to get rid of, we're going to have to try and find a better way to do the notes because I'm not going to use Google more. Oh, for fuck's sake, just use bloody Google, it works. Well, I don't care if it works. Oh, it's like, oh god, now I've got to go some weird you know probably some weird PHP based well, yeah. random Fucking website he's found from suicide <laughs> cults help colour some idiots but you don't tell, you don't see me encouraging people to join suicide cults it's a cults. little bit different between killing yourself and no, but you're saying, Google. yeah but it works so yeah so does a suicide cult <laughs> it's not quite the same you know, thing yeah. oh I'm feeling depressed then kill yourself that'll solve that'll solve feeling depressed it works yeah, it's still not quite the same thing. Yeah, but what if I don't believe in any of... I don't like Google as, as a company. They are the fucking devil. Ethically, they're horseshit. And they're not really doing anything that I want. So, you know, I, that's just how I am. Why should I keep using it just because it works? Apple computers just work. You know? It doesn't mean I have to use one. No, it doesn't mean you have to use one. It's a pain in the arse that you don't. It's like, for fuck's sake. Well, then don't send me the show no links anymore. 
Because you just know that I'm You know Philemon anyway, so no, don't worry about they're on Google. You can find us an alternative service. Nope. That doesn't have to involve. Uh, I need to go and download like some weird codec where you can do it. Then fine. Fucking hell, weird codec. Considering yeah. I only use free and open software. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. There you go. Rant over. Rant <laughs> over. So we now have a uh, we now have Pod Dog. Yeah. So I think it's time for us to sign off as we've kept people here for. Nearly 300 three years nearly three hours most of it has been me raging about Google and loot boxes and warriors games yeah so very much watching I've been Seth Graham and Skazis and we've seen you again in a fortnight I was actually trying to curb losing my rag against that kind of stuff you know yeah we'll just blame it on me being unwell yeah <laughs> we will do I haven't had my medication we'll see uh, so yeah we'll see you again in a fortnight yay yay hopefully with no Java or JavaScript